Bastard Harry. That was too close. You were almost a jibble sandwich. <laughs> ah, you know what old Jack Burton always says at a time like this. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup. As you wish. See, the universal greeting works every time. I'm going to put you on the spot immediately because you actually, this is the question I was planning to start the episode with, but you have it behind you. Can you reach behind you? And I'm not even going to try to narrow it down for you, but you know, you know what I'm talking about. Just your right, right. hand, if you can just. What is that called? It is a keyblade, good sir. Okay, so if it is a keyblade, then is Sora? Sora is not another swordsman, right? He, I you know, I don't think I don't consider him one. If it's not a sword he's using, he is not a swordsman. It is a keyblade. He fights with a keyblade, not a sword. End of discussion. Thank you very much for your time. Are you, and, and you know, the reason I was talking about that, 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 that uh, thing is because a keyblade literally functions as a key. So He's just a really good locksmith is what we're, we're, we're saying immediately in the beginning of this episode. Soar is the latest locksmith in a long line of video game fighters to come to Smash. Are you excited about that? You know, I am. As he, I'm very excited about. Getting away from the mic. It wasn't. It wasn't uh my personal pick, but of all the characters, it could be. It's one of those picks where it's like, I I'm okay with this. I agree with this. This makes Smash Brothers that much stronger. Yeah, I have not played in quite a while, and something about just the goofiness of it makes me like i never even got the second fighter pack which i assume he's rolled up into that second fighter pack right who'd have to be yeah um yeah i had no interest in buying it i probably will now just because it, it finally feels like a full package um and again i haven't touched it in quite a while but probably when it drops i'll pick it up again and as most people will will probably have their like their time with it i don't know if, uh people are how long people are going to keep up with it i'm curious because this game's been out for like two years and they've had content rolling out like segmented hey i mean people still play melee so who knows that's true i think everybody's going to move over to nickelodeon all smart all, all, all star <laughs> <laughs> i think that's the title to it we're talking about it prior we're talking before we started recording we're talking about you watching old nickelodeon shows how do you feel about the like the uh the fighters in that and is that a game you plan to play at all I have zero interest in playing it because I watched the review and there were like no original music, no voice acting whatsoever. I'm like, mm, that's hollow. a that's how they're like, you know, the stage. They say the fighting feels good and it's fun, which I guess is the main part. But it's like these are iconic franchises. I kind of need like the fact that they're just mm, ah, mm, it, it, you know, I will say this the, as a fighting game, the fighting needs to be important. But it's weird because usually everything else is good, but the fighting sucks. And now it's the the fighting's good, but everything else sucks. And I was like, man, you know, you kind of just need both to not suck. Well, it's like the the uh, Guilty Gear franchise. I really still want to play one, and I know there's a few on PS now. I, I tend to just download and just try them out. And, like, that's a series that has no draw to me as far as the fighters or characters go because I know it's just heavily based on its fighting mechanics. With like Nickelodeon, the All Star, whatever it's called, the All Star game, 
it uh, <laughs> the biggest draw there are the characters. So if your characters feel hollow, why am I not just playing Smash, where like nine out of ten aspects yeah. of that game are good? Like all the characters are good, even the ones exactly. I don't know. I mean, I I will say though that if I have a friend and it's at their house and I like see it at their house. I don't care if I'm there for their baby's first birthday party or their kids' <laughs> bar mitzvah or anything. I will shove people out of the way of the TV, turn it on, because I really want to try it, but I don't want to try it off my own money. <laughs> like, it just does not seem like it's worth the buy. It seems like it's worth the friend to have it, you know? Yeah, agreed. I will say the roster impressed me in the sense that it went classic all the way up until, you know, they have, what, two or three characters from the Loud House. So I'm like, you know, that's respectable because they could have easily just been like, we're going to only put the characters I know. But uh, for lack of a better term, they had characters from New Nick, quote unquote. Yeah, so I was yeah. like, oh, OK, you know, that's, that's thoughtful because I, I don't I've never watched the episode of the Loud House. But I'm just like the fact that y'all include that, that's thoughtful, I guess. I have not either, but what I will say is there's they have a movie on Netflix. And I don't know how my wife found out about it. I guess she watched a trailer or something. But she was like, I watched this trailer of the Loud House movie on Netflix, and we need to watch it together. It was really good. And you don't need any Loud House lore prior. Like, you can just watch it cold, <laughs> just jump into it. And it was really good, I'll be honest. Oh, oh okay. Um, That's yeah, good and then know. they had a – I'm glad that they had, like, Invader Zim and some throwback, like – I guess Invader Zim is not lesser known at all, but I'm kind of surprised they put him in a fighting game. Um, who else? They had another newer character besides the Louds. Um, uh, oh yeah, and then um, um, I, I do think this was uh, this was said elsewhere. But as much as I love that Reptar's in it, I would have liked to see Tommy. I know you. you I mean, Tommy's got to be doing that like four Bs, pulling pacifiers out of his diaper and throwing it at your head. <laughs> Like, granted, babies probably shouldn't be in a game like that, but still, I would totally pay money for that as a DLC character. Yeah, I wonder how much support this game is going to have going forward. I imagine not a lot. Like, maybe we'll get, like, you know, two or three DLC characters, but I can't see the support for this being anything substantial. Yeah. Um I definitely agree with that. I don't know if there's like kind of a wait and see if the DLC or if they have a couple in the pipeline and then they're going to be like, okay, let's wait and see if it's worth making more or if this game's just going to fizzle out pretty early. If you could choose a Nick character to throw in there, who would you have? Uh, let's see. I'm surprised like nobody from, at least to my knowledge, nobody from the Fairy of Odd Parents made it. No Timmy, no Cosmo, no Wanda combo, no. Yeah, I feel like that's got to be tied up with some type of... Strangle, like, I feel like he would have been a good one. Oh, what's the Texan name from that show? Um, oh, okay. Side note real fast. Danny Phantom's the other one I'm thinking of. I know Danny Phantom's not new Nick. It's kind of like mid to late 2000 Nick. Is that right? I think it might be earlier than that. Yeah, I, but I still, believe so. Not, yeah, it's not like classic 90s Nick. So I'm glad they have some of that like mid-aughts uh, Nickelodeon characters in it. But... Um, What's the Texan's name from Fairly Odd Parent? Uh, something Demidel. Yeah, uh, Dims Demidel. Some, 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 something like that. Yeah, um, really uh, an illiterate name, but like I think he would have been cool to be in there as kind of a side character. Um, <laughs> it's got to be tied up in some type of litigation. And I thought as well, like why isn't Quail Man in it? But I'm pretty sure like Disney has the rights to Doug. I always forget about that. Yeah. But. 
Disney Doug was not the best. I think everyone could agree to that. The second it became Disney's Doug, the quality just explosion. I I was never that big in a Doug. Um, I know it was one of the more popular shows out there. Um, I actually discovered on Disney Plus, but um, I watched Pepper Ann recently. For whatever reason, I always gravitated more towards Pepper Ann. I don't know if you remember that show or not. Pepper but it, Ann's such a good show. Pepper had, Ann, Pepper Ann. Yes. Pepper, 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 pepper. <laughs> I was going to say, it has the banger, like the best opener from those old cartoons. Um, it's just like really raw and punk rock for a kid's show, which yeah, I, it always got stuck in my head. All right, uh, warning alert, uh, hot take coming. I always preferred Pepper Ann over Recess. Like, I was not a fan of Recess. Ooh, not a fan at <laughs> yeah. all? Like, I would be willing to work with fan. you for like, preference-wise. Like, I've had people ready to, you know, put me on the cross for saying this, but I, I Recess just never done it for me. It felt like, let me like this, Recess... It, it 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 was like some episodes worked for me, but most did it. It just because it okay. I'll tell you. I think that my problem was it was too realistic and fantasy at the same time, and I think I just wanted to pick one. It was like okay, y'all live very much in the real world, but then like y'all have an episode that's completely like you know absurd, and and I can I couldn't deal with the like hey Arnold is like consistently just kind of absurd despite being in the real world. Like the law, like it's still very much cartoon physics and rules. But recess was like, you know, you can't fall off a three story building in recess and jump back up. But like in Harold, you could. But recess was like, some days you could, some days you can't. And I'm like, no, I need a, a consistency. And the show just never provided it for me. I All think right. that's what it is. I don't know for sure. That gives me two thoughts. A, I have a four and a half year old that very shortly will become a kindergartner. Those, th- that, uh, representation of how kindergartners are totally valid. <laughs> that is set in the real world. What you said though reminds me of the episode where um, the girl's on the swing and she's trying to go over the, I don't know what you'd call the top of the swing, but she's trying to go a full rotation on the swing and then she yeah. gets lost in the sun in the entire episode. They think she went into the sun and they get worried about her. And then at the end, she's she like, just was like, jumped off, you yeah. idiots. Yeah, she just jumped off because her dad <laughs> caught her from his car. I, I mean, I think it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a, on the same uh, wavelength of thought that they obviously completely different show, but I think it's the same wavelength of thought that they had for South Park, where they tried to represent what it would be like as an actual kid. Like that's one of the reasons that they wanted to have cursing in it. I've never been super into South Park. I do see the appeal. Um, but, like, the, the cursing, like, kids cuss. Let's not pretend they don't. To me, I think yeah. the draw, like, not the draw, but, like, kind of the uh, intent behind Recess is let's show what it's like through the eyes of a kid. I mean, you never know if Sasquatch is a real thing in your friend's backyard. Clearly, if there's a Bigfoot anywhere, it's not in your friend's backyard. But as a kid, I don't know, maybe <laughs> you haven't been off the block yet. You don't know. Where Sashwatch could possibly be. And I think that was the intent of it. It's just like, we're going to have some things completely make-believe. Because as a kid, some things are just like, you know, you can't distinguish between the two. That's my, that's my I take mean, anyway. You, 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 make, you make an excellent take. That was just, ultimately, I, I was trying to give a reason because I never really gave a reason. But I just, 
Recess was one of those shows, like, I will sit through it to watch Pepper Ant. <laughs> Where'd you fall with Rocket Power, then? Okay, so Rocket Power is an interesting story. So, um, my mom used to work at a hospital. Wait, hold on. I, I started laughing. Is this a sad story? Because I'm not going to make fun of you if you're about telling me a sad story. <laughs> sad story. It's not a sad story. Okay. My mom used to work at a hospital, and um, she didn't have a babysitter, so she would take me, and like I could, like, I, you probably can't do this in today's world, but they would just, I was allowed to just go post up in an empty room. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as long as I did. So I could like, lay in the hospital bed and, and watch the, and that's how they had, they had cable. So like, I was always down, especially during the summers to go to work with my mom. She's like, well, I come out, I'm like, no, going to go sit in the hospital room, eat hospital food and watch cable. Like what, what more could I want out of life? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely and, the uh, bad parts of visiting hospital. <laughs> <laughs> and so eventually either I got too old or whatever the case may be, I think my mom got a different job. I don't know. But but uh I can no longer do that. And so it was back to, you know, non-cable. And then one day, one day gloriously, we got like direct TV back when you know that was like a real cool thing to have satellite and not we have all these useless satellites outside of people's houses. But in any way, we got cable and I could watch like Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon, and then one day I turned into Nickelodeon, it's like Rocket Power, like a marathon, and I'm like, "What is Rocket Power? What is, what is what is how long have I been away?" You squid. <laughs> <laughs> so my first day of having Nickelodeon at like in my physical house, because yeah. kids, I'm sorry, there was a time where having cable was like a super luxury. Oh yeah, I was spent watching Rocket Power. Yeah, oh. like so that was it. My my return Nickelodeon was just an all day Rocket Power marathon. <laughs> You buried a show the lead. I never heard of. You buried the lead, though. Did you like it? Um, it, I'm, it, it was one of those shows that, like, if it's on, I'll watch it, but I will not go out of my way to watch it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think, well, I, I don't know if it's on Paramount Plus or not. I was going to say, for nostalgia purposes, I'd probably bring it up if I have a streaming service for it, but it's not one of the things that I want to, like, hunt down the DVDs of, you know? Like, my wife is a huge exactly. fan of Angry Beavers. She has the Angry Beavers DVD somewhere, and she just got it like two or three years ago. So, I mean, hats off to her for actually going out of her way to get something that she wanted to watch. Um, which, speaking of, I really do think they, they have Cat Dog. I don't know why they didn't have uh, the Angry Beavers in this fighting game that we're talking about earlier. I think they would have lent themselves really well as kind of an Ice Climber character, like both of them together, and you could switch back and forth and use their tails. I've thought about this way too much, but... <laughs> they definitely should be the first pack of DLC characters. Um, I don't know if I oh, asked yeah. this question earlier or not, but who would you have from Nickelodeon? Who would you throw into that roster? Uh, I think you did. I just didn't. I didn't have a uh, crap. Um, you know what? When you first asked that, I had an answer because I remember my thought process being, "I don't know if this person is already in there." Wait, no, wait, no. Yeah, I said that fairly out appearance. Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah my bad. We, then we got off on a tangent because I was trying to remember. Uh, did. Now I can't remember the Texan's name again. All right, yeah, so Fairly Odd Parents. Okay, I for some reason I thought you said you were just surprised that they weren't in there and you never actually gave your answer. But, yeah, would you want to play as Timmy or one of the actual uh, fairies, though? So it depends on how you wanted to kit them. It could be, like, a Pokemon trainer thing where, like, maybe they're a combo, like Timmy's the character, but, you know, Cosmo and Wanda are doing basically his attacks. Mm-hmm. With like, yeah. you know, like his attacks on him wishing different things and you know the, the wishes are, you know, combat moves. I, I like assume the milkshakes. With, but uh milkshake Yeah. 
<laughs> milkshake throws, like you know, like his his down specials, like him doing something, but clearly you know it's wish activated. Like I, I would think it would be cool if it was a gimmick character. Like he had like a wish meter and like the, Ooh, the yeah. you use it for different things. With, with that though, like his uh I would say I guess his like upbeat move could be like the, if the odd parents are in the background or no, I, I see it more so as the 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 fairies being in the background and then Timmy running around doing all the fighting, like you said, and when he does a wish, like you can see them in the background making the wish. Or throwing in their wands, but when he falls off and doesn't upbeat, they come from the background to the foreground and like grab his T-shirt like on both sides and like float him up in the air. Like I'm trying to think of the character from Smash that does something similar. Um, is it Duck Hunt? I think this might be the Duck Hunt dog and bird that kind of does something like that, where they like grab the bird, grabs the dog, and they fly like that. Man, we yeah. should just that doesn't this game. Where, where, uh, it be like reverse Pokemon trainer, you know, like Pokemon trainers in the background commanding the Pokemon. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It'd be That'd something be awesome. similar to that. Um, I, <laughs> I, uh, I, I should not hesitate any longer, though. Um, I am Eric Smith. You are listening to Calm Down Nerd. Um, and my guest today is Odell Harmon Jr. Say hi, Odell. Ooh. What's up, everybody? How are y'all doing today? Mr. Odell. Um, you are listening to Calm Down Nerd. You can follow me at Sincerely underscore Eric. You can follow the podcast at Calm Down Nerd P, P for podcast. Um, Odell, you've got your, your your hands in different cookie jars. Um, what's the podcast that you've been doing recently? What kind of plugs do you want to put out there in the beginning? Oh, yeah. Uh, I do a weekly gaming podcast. It's called Full Circle Podcast, where everything comes full circle, where I talk to someone I've met in the industry, both big, small, and medium, and we talk about the happenings of the game industry and what's going on, and that's that's about it. And I, I pride myself on it being one of the most diverse podcasts out there, and then quite literally, that's just not a tagline, and it's fun to get stuff. Other than that, I freelance for various places, but you can just follow me at Odell Harmon Jr. at Twitter. That's, yes, that is just my name, Odell Harmon Jr., and you can pretty much keep up with any and anything I'm doing there. You posted a beautiful picture of yourself earlier in the weekend, prompting me to, and my wife told me not to bring this up, but I lied to you. I lied <laughs> to you deeply, and I apologize. You posted a beautiful picture of yourself, right? That was you that posted that uh-huh. of like an album cover. And then I responded yes. with a beautiful picture of my daughter saying I was so proud of that photo. Do you want to hear my deep, dark secret? Yes. My wife took that photo and I completely forgot about it. I showed her the tweet. I was just like, hey, look at this. Like, that does look like an album cover, doesn't it? And she was like, yeah, it does. And I was like, wait, who took this picture, me or you? And she was like, I did. I was like, oh, I lied on the internet. She just kind of looked at me and she's like, it's okay. <laughs> Nobody cares. I was like, I care. I care deeply because I said I was proud of it, but I'm proud of you. So, shout out to my wife. She's a very nice person. She said oh, she nice. said I could take credit for something that was not mine. Um, what are you? Uh, what have you been up to recently, Odell? Uh, recently, uh, in life or in like the industry? Either or, whatever you want to talk about. What's been cool? Oh. Oh, I recently this been podcasting. This is your platform to talk about uh, whatever the hell you want. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, gaming wise, uh, just trying to freelance, you know, get my name out there. Try to make it. Also, <laughs> I am trying to make it. People think I have made it. I'm like, no, like I am like it would scare some people to know just how regular schmegler I am. But I have a new show in the works 
that should produce that should premiere in the next two weeks or so. So look out for that. But you know, just keeping up my podcast, uh, freelancing, trying to you know get some stuff in the works with some of the bigger sites, and in life, uh, regular life, you know, just you know paying bills, you know that adult stuff, uh, and playing Metroid Dread. I, I've been doing a lot of that since Friday. How is it? Pretty good so far. I don't have any real complaints. It's a Metroid game. It's a very good Metroid game. You know, it does the usual Metroid stuff, but there's been a lot of new, a lot of new, you know, uh, combat-wise, story-wise, that's really interesting, actually, especially from a story perspective. Uh, I have a lot of questions. That uh, One being, I thought the Chelsea a dead race but you know they're here in the game we all know that from the trailers so i'm like what, what's up with that like and and, and everyone's been acting like they've just been here this whole time i'm like this is weird i need an explanation for this so here's what i here's what my i okay so let me start with my experience with metroid i've never really played a metroid other than we had the nes growing up and i would try the first metroid game but we never had any type of guide or walkthrough or anything so I played the first section for like 10 or 15 minutes at a time. I had no willpower or, or any form of um, follow through as a small child. So I would just quit and get frustrated very quickly um, and go play outside or something. But as I got older, I've really been wanting to play more Metrovania games. And when the I got the Switch and when the Super NES dropped on the Switch, I tried to play Metroid Prime. I got six, maybe eight hours into that game, and the emulators that are on the Switch have really amazing save states, where you can save as you play and then reload it. Something became corrupt with my save state, and I got stuck. And and literally, I I couldn't do anything, so I just stopped playing and got frustrated. My time with that game was fun, so I intend to buy Metroid Dread eventually but i already pre-ordered disco elysium and i've got to play that first and then see what happens (laughs) i'm excited to finally play disco elysium i had long faith that it would eventually make its way to the switch and it finally did so yeah that's gonna be my day one uh playing for me Um, oh no that's fair with the metroid lore though which is where i was eventually getting at is the way it was explained to me is that I almost said he. She. That's the one big thing about Metroid is that it's same same as uh how do you pronounce her last name? Is it Aris? So it's a uh, it's Aran, but I feel like it should be Aaron, but Okay, so as, but people say either or she she was raised by that creature that is blanking to me right now. How do you pronounce it? Yeah, the Chozo. Yeah, the Chozo. Um she was raised by those. So it's said in lore. And you would imagine that if she was raised by them, it wouldn't be that suddenly that entire species would drop off in 20, 30 years. I mean, if Mario's what, what did the creator say? Mario's only like 24, 28. So you've got to imagine Samus has to be like early 30s at best. Uh, So uh, an entire species isn't going to disappear in that time frame. What does confuse me, though, as a layman person with this is apparently, uh, and you can correct me on this, apparently Metroids no longer exist. Metroids are extinct. Yeah, Samus killed them all. And as, the as, as the called, end of fusion, I don't know if you know this or not. It was called Metroid. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of Metroid Fusion, they are all officially dead. Mm-hmm. So, in terms of lore, so you know the Chozo are like you know the stereotypical super race, like most advanced, most smartest, wisest, 
you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, their ruins are across multiple planets. Our technology is just, you know, uh, you know, deconstructing their technology type of thing. And so it doesn't it doesn't really specify, but like Samus's run, uh, Samus's wherever Samus grew up, their world was overran by space pirates. Her parents were killed by Ridley, you know, the dragon thing, yada yada yada. The Chozo showed up and was like, "What's up, little girl? You know, we're gonna raise you as our own for, cause yeah, and you know that's because the power suit she wears is based off their design that the power suits they wear, and all the abilities and stuff she has, the techniques that they perfected through technology and fighting and stuff. And so she became a bounty hunter." And, you know, with these skills, because why not to to go to go get revenge and to kill the space pirates, cure Ridley and all that. And then just arbitrarily at some point, this super race, they, they were already reclusive, I guess you can say, you know, in the sense that it doesn't really explicitly say, but it's kind of inferred that, you know, they were too above, you know, other species. And then with the lore of Metroid Prime, uh, the Metroid Prime series, you learn that they all were killed off more or less when extinct, or whatever, by Phazon. Phazon comes from a planet called, it's a living planet called Phaze, and Phazon corrupts things. It's that glowy, gooey stuff. And it corrupted the Chozo, and they all went insane. And, and to save the universe from this threat, they sealed it off from like the rest of you know, the universe and you know, got destroyed along with it. And it but more or less, you know, they, they're a begotten. If not extinct, very close, you know, near extinct species. But this game, they're just like, oh, what's up? Yeah, Chozo this. And it gives us, like, Chozo more about different tribes and things. I'm like, yeah, you would imagine, like, wait, if y'all have just been here, Arbert, like. Yo, it's your boy Chozo. You what's know? up? <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's does, like. <laughs> Prime. Where does Prime, does Prime fall, like, flat in the middle of all of the rest of Samus' story? Uh, or is it set uh, like uh, uh, because it's set far in the future? I, I, then that would make sense. It, it's not um, Metroid Prime. I can't believe. I think it is between. It's either between uh, Metroid One and Two, or between Metroid Two and Super Metroid is where it falls in the timeline. Okay, so yeah, that wouldn't. So I do know that what did the creators say that this is bringing Samus's story to an end, which. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know how true this is because this is a direct sequel to Fusion, which, which on the timeline, Fusion is the last game. Well, it was. You'd have to imagine that, like, they say that, but it's very obvious they not by all accounts that I've seen they've knocked this game out of the park and trying to bring in a new character for this like um, franchise that they essentially brought back, like CPR did, had to bring it back in the last brink of that flatlining. Like, obviously, they're not going to throw Samus out. I wouldn't. I mean, if I had that kind of IP, I'd be like, hey, we finally did something right. And I know Metroid 4 is on the way, but that just feels like quite literally putting all your eggs in one basket. You know? Yeah, I, I haven't beat the game, so I ultimately don't know how it happens. But I highly doubt, you know, she's going to retire or die or something in that Hang up her helmet. <laughs> yeah. Like, like I said, maybe this as the story progresses, we'll I'll get more answers to, yo. Are there just like are the Chozo just fine? Like, are is is like the whole species just out there chilling and no one just bothered to look left or right? <laughs> yeah, I and like they always brought up as ruins. Like I know I said that, like in the lore they were uh, raised her, but like 
I it, it's like you think they could upkeep their altars at all? Like, do you think they have like one single person, <laughs> like some janitorial chozo, to go check on these planets and like scrub the moss off the side of their heads and lay flowers down at these things? Like, it's just ridiculous <laughs> that they haven't had any upkeep. You know? Yeah. So it's like y'all <laughs> went cultivized a planet, made it like you know perfect, and then just like, eh, okay, we're out. No yeah. one is anyone going to stay here now. <laughs> we did our due later, dudes. Um, but with uh, Marvel superhero stuff, have you uh, kept up with any of that at all? Are you a fan of the MCU? Yeah, you know, I like the MCU. I've seen all, you know, all the the movies to date, and um, I need to finish What If. But I've seen. I haven't been a fan of the 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 TV stuff. I thought WandaVision was pretty good, but then uh, uh, Captain's uh, Winter Soldier, Captain America, I thought was very eh. And then um, I'm not gonna watch a uh, Hawkeye. I'm I'm just not. I did not. Well, I I, I watch most things MCU, so I was planning on checking out Hawkeye anyway. Um, the trailer that launched with Hawkeye, though, I don't know what it is about this, and you can tell me how stupid I am. To me, that trailer makes it look like a mix between. Are you ready for this? This is a hot take. This is such a El Diablo Taco Bell like <laughs> spicy take. Are you ready for it? I don't think you can handle it. Yeah. That trailer makes it look like a mix between Die Hard and Home Alone. <laughs> I mean, you're 100, 100% accurate in that. Like, I'm not going to lie from a marketing standpoint. I think it. <laughs> from a marketing standpoint, the fact that it's a Christmas series, just, just, that's the only reason that made me want to watch it. When it was like, every present comes with a bow. I'm like, <laughs> genius, genius. Give that person a raise. <laughs> that trailer, I was like, oh, I'm down for this. This is amazing. Um, I liked Loki a lot, but for some reason, Loki was just like, it never really dragged me in. And then once it finally, like, there's a moment, I forget how many episodes are in Loki. Let's say, let's pretend there's six episodes. It wasn't until the moment, like, halfway through episode four, towards the end, like, this beginning of episode five, it all, quote unquote, began to click for me. And I was like, oh, this, what they're doing makes sense. I'm down with it. I like it a lot. But then when they ended Loki, I was like, I saw that coming. Like, I it felt anticlimactic because I felt like I already knew the setup and everything. Um, what if I most other MCU things to date? Like, there's a, a I guess, semi funny story I always like to tell. Like, literally every MC mo- MCU movie I've I've seen in theaters. Most of them I've watched the weekends it released, like, or the weekend after. The only one I have not is Guardians of the Galaxy 2, because my daughter was born. The little shit made me miss it in theaters. I will not let her live that down. <laughs> um, and then Black Widow, I did not watch in theaters um, due to COVID. My wife and I are pretty serious about taking precautions. I did watch Shang-Chi, only because I could see that there's literally only three, three other people in the theater that night. And I had my shot at that point. So I was like, if I'm going to go back eventually, it might as well be like on something as safe as this. So what if is one of the first things I have not watched like as it launched immediately. I literally binged it all today. And ah. it's good. I would recommend what do you remember where you left off at with it? Um the last episode I saw what's the one after the zombie one? I saw the zombie one and I saw the one after, but I'm blanking on which which one that was exactly. I am too, and it may be because I fell off shortly after the zombie one and kind of paused there where I just couldn't. Um, I, 
I just did not want to, for whatever reason, like keep, I, I had a lot of like, uh, there's been a lot of stress recently. Uh, nothing bad, mm-hmm. but just, I've been preoccupied. Um, so finally, like today was a chance for me to like start watching it again. And I'm looking it up now. Um, oh, the Killmonger, the what if Killmonger rescued Tony Stark is the one. So I stopped oh, watching yes, like I never started sorry, after that. I haven't six. seen after that. Okay. Um, I will say episode seven. Um, spoiler it's dude Thor. It's Thor is like quite a bro. <clears throat> when I read the episode description, I didn't think it would be good. It's one of the funniest ones, and it like dragged me back in. And then. <laughs> Things happen during that episode that will make you power through towards the end. I'll phrase it like that. Gotcha. It you know it's one of those things that um it's not that I didn't oh real quick Loki to me every episode was hit or miss either it was good or bad and there was no middle of the road for me on Loki with that that's why I didn't enjoy it as a whole because yeah, like and I especially once that. I there was like episodes where I'm like. Nothing really happened in the episode. Nothing, nothing so much happened in the episode that, like, I feel like if I never watched it, I would have the same amount of information that I have now at the end of it. And I feel yeah. like two to three episodes were like that. Yeah, it just never really hit its mark <laughs> for me. I'm, I really liked uh, WandaVision. I, as a whole, walked away feeling happy about. It wasn't really a hit or miss episode. Every episode was good, but it felt like they... Uh, they had obviously the first two or three episodes feeling like this one flavor of things, and then the rest being a normal Marvel affair. But that's the thing; it's I love the normal Marvel affair. Like I once said uh-huh. that Doctor Strange is an amazing movie because it took the Marvel formula and perfected it. It's a Marvel origin story, but like done right. <clears throat> and that's kind of where WandaVision's second half is kind of at, where it's just the Marvel, uh, what you expect from a Mar- Marvel show, just done to such a T where it all feels enjoyable. But it just it feels like those two halves that never really went together, and then I I, I personally loved uh, Captain America and Winter Soldier. I it was brutal at parts, it was suspenseful, but it was just like a high octane uh, spy thriller, really. It, the only reason, okay, so the my problem with that, uh, like you know, I I didn't have a problem with the whole like you know it wants to show these stories, but my thing was like Isaiah Bradley was super interesting, and I felt like he was just like a sticky note in the show that could have been like really something fun to explore, and also like I really needed a measure on how strong Bucky was because I felt like the show was not consistent with that. I'm like at some at one moment he's looking like a regular dude, like a regular schmegular dude and then the next moment he's like doing super incredible stuff i'm like okay no th- these scenes need the and then the super the super serum soldiers i'm like y'all clearly not steve rogers strong but like i like I, I didn't have a gauge on how strong our enemies were so it kept it really at moments i didn't know how to feel i'm like are you fighting a regular dude that just could maybe punch a beam or is this like you know legit super strange like and i never knew where i fell and it kept for me it kept bouncing between like everybody's a regular person and my expectation should be okay this will hurt you and in between okay this one person's like super strong but still a regular old bullet will put them down i'm like i was i was having a hard time with i couldn't feel a good sense of danger in some situations for me that's that's what really took me out 
So what I'm taking away from this and your conversation about recess is you do not like it when there's not a consistency. Like you can suspend yes, disbelief I, when it's consistently suspend when you have, when you have to sit consistently suspend it. But when you're when you're asked to suspend it randomly, you don't like that. You don't like that at all. Yeah. Okay. For 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 example, let me put it like this: like like Dragon Ball Z. We all know they can destroy the moon, destroy planets and stuff. But if someone pulled out a gun and mortally wounded Goku with a gunshot, you'd be like, "Wait, what? Like, you could you you you, you can punch through a mountain, but you can't get shot? Like, that's an entirely fair on that. That's like, but well, um, I was gonna say it's an entire fail, entirely fair analogy. However, it does remind me of the complaints where people were complaining about Superman getting shot in the eye and his eye stopping the bullets, like. Yeah, of course his eye is going to stop the bullet. The rest of his body does. Yeah. That's consistent. So. Yeah, it's consistent. I have a problem with that. Like, it's like, okay, his eyes are probably weaker than his bicep, but it doesn't stop his eye from being titanium strong. You know, type of thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'd be upset if it, if it blinded him. I'd be like, your eyes shoot out like beams that can carve like stone. Yeah. They can take a bullet. <laughs> It's so fun to think about the different uh, – I, I do an amazing job at suspending disbelief. That's been my greatest uh, pride and nerdum. And it's just like I'm always, I'm always good with things and okay with things. I'm very agreeable. But my wife, like she likes to pick out those plot holes and things like that, things <laughs> I would never have thought about. And it's just interesting like because there's the more uh, – the clinical – like. Uh, Clinical might be the right word, but just like the, the the versions of nerds that like need everything to be like aligned in the universe that way it makes sense. And then there's ones that are just like well, I don't want to say just pure joy because that makes it sound like the other <laughs> version of nerds aren't pure joy. But there's just like different uh, lenses to look at things through. Like me, I'm just like I like what I like. It, it, I don't care if it makes sense or not. I'm, what yeah. I'm trying to say is I'm a lot stupider than my wife is. That's the takeaway. <laughs> no, no, no. That, that's, like you, you put the like as long as it's consistent. Like okay, like you know, you know, show like cartoons for example. Like you know, you can fall off a ten-story building and you're fine. Like it, that, we just accept that. We know that you shouldn't be fine, but this is the you know what I'm saying. Yeah. But then the you have an episode like, a character like trips over a step and they broke their leg and it's like. I mean, that also happens in cartoons, but again, for, for the thing, but I feel Marvel is on a level where I can suspend this belief. I can, like, you know, Falcon has real wings, not these mechanical Marvels, but I'm okay with that. That's that's how they chose to portray him. That's what it is. I'm cool with that. But, like, if Falcon one day was like, oh, I really have real wings. We've just been putting these metal things over it. I'll be like, wait, what? Like, what? One of the... One of the um characters from the uh that show um in the comics is somebody that like goes down for i think experimentation to get like real wings i'm curious if they're ever going to actually bring that in to the mcu yeah, that's his, or that's just a name drop he, he, i'm sorry that's his military buddy right like his uh yeah mm -hmm. yeah. yeah i would call him pierre but i don't think that's his name like at all but he's pierre to me now um <laughs> It is it is spooky season. Um, have you do you plan to watch anything horror related or uh, do you ever watch much horror? Oh, so, okay, so I'm not big on horror. Like, okay, yes and no. Like suspense horror, I'm cool with. You know, 
it, it depends on like I don't have a okay for example I don't have a high gore level but it it depends because to me if it's realistic like this is just what would happen but if it's like saw levels okay if your horror production involves with what's the most jacked up way we can figure out how to kill a human being I'm probably not in for it but if it's like just scary suspenseful you know people died and I'm okay just because I wouldn't say I'm squeamish. But like, okay, I saw the hills have eyes. Probably, I mean, I was a teenager, but that movie really messed me up because my girl, my girlfriend at the time, just excuse me, loved horror stuff, and like watching someone get you know sexually assaulted and ate at the same time just deeply disturbed me. So yeah. if your horror involves things of that nature, I just can't do it. But I, but I do enjoy stuff like you know, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, the. Uh, crap what's the three witches movie i'm drawing a blank uh hocus pocus hocus pocus you know i do like things of the season but in (laughs) terms of like gore horror i'm like "Mm, i'm okay on that one it just dropped on netflix uh my wife and i watched the uh it's not the newest it came out two years ago but um are you afraid of the dark they relaunched it and they're like a mini series i think it's three episodes but i'm pretty sure they just put it onto netflix that's typically the level that we fall at in my household is like the are you afraid of the dark like the goosebump kind of stuff um uh-huh. personally i like uh i don't want to say i like slasher movies but like i i am a fan of like those movies where it's like a mysterious killer like they're trying to figure out who it is like um did you know do you know what you did last or i know what you did last summer the old screen movies i grew up liking a lot Today, I went through Netflix, and this is kind of why I brought it up. <clears throat> and um, Netflix has some movies I've been checking out. One of them is um, Someone is in Your House, I think it's called. And it oh is my. like the CW of slashers, which I like some of the CW <laughs> superhero shows like Stargirl or Flash. Um, I fell off Green Arrow. I need to go back and finish Arrow. But like, it's just. It's bad trash teenage drama TV, like with that like slasher like murder like under underlying story with it. So I loved it because it was absolute garbage, and I loved it. And then I started watching a movie a friend recommended to me a very long time ago called The Babysitter, where a kid being babysit found out that his babysitter is part of like a cult and murders someone in his house. That's all I'll say about it. It's it does have gore to it, uh, but it's kind of like a comedy. Like, this kid's reaction to some things, like, okay, this is, like, the scene I laughed the most at so far, is the kid gets knocked out by drugs, tied to a chair, and the babysitter and, like, her friends wake him up. The first thing this kid says after witnessing a murder when he wakes up is he looks at the jock and says, why are you not wearing a shirt? And the jock's like, are you serious? That's your first question? And one of the cheerleaders is like, do you even have to ask? Like, basically, like, how, like, good-looking and, like, built he is and stuff like that. And the kid looks at her and goes, uh-huh. no, I still don't get it. Like, I still don't know why he's not wearing a fucking shirt. This guy's weird. <laughs> it, it, it's good, though. But I think I'm going to knock out some of the Netflix stuff. Like, R.L. Stein has uh, that trilogy movie on there that I really want to watch. Uh, yeah, I, I guess it depends. Because, like, it's like I don't have a problem with, Gore. for example, like, Someone, I don't know if you watched Invincible, but I had someone tell me like mm-hmm. they thought it was too gory, and I'm like I can see that, 
you know, why they would think it was too gory. You know, there was a lot of sequence is the absolute most brutal thing I've ever seen in any medium. I don't care if it's fake cartoon blood. That shit is brutal. Oh yeah. It's, it's brutal. I'm okay with that. But what what I think it is, is like, uh, so I've heard the term torture porn. And I think once it enters like that, what you would consider torture porn is where I was, where I tap out where like, you know, you're watching someone again, you know, dying, just like, just the most, like it's not like an instant like they exploded or nothing. It's like, you know, the, the, you know, the, the slow cool in the- I think it's the hostile movies and the Saw movies are most famous for that kind of gore porn. I'll give pushback on the Saw movies though, because that's the reason most people watch them. But I always watch them for like that twist, that like whodunit mystery, which I'm a big fan of. Uh-huh. So I kind of suffered through those scenes to just see like the mystery behind it. So. Yeah. Oh, excuse but me. Yeah, so like uh again, like I, and I again I always blame it on uh the hills have eyes because it like it I don't know, it was one of those things that like I if I could go back in time and prevent myself from watching it, I completely would. That's uh is that a Rob Zombie flick? Uh, I I couldn't tell you honestly. I don't, I don't, I don't know who the it, people kind of behind for the it same are. reason. It just kind of seems like the uh what is it, the House of a Thousand Corpses? That's another movie where, uh, with horror fans, I see the appeal to it, but it's just definitely not for me. Like I, it's oh, although I do want to watch the new um, Halloween Kills movie because the the not the first one, the reboot, the the one where they act like none of the old movies happen and like make an actual sequel <laughs> to the first one. That one was really yeah. good, and then I'm excited for Halloween Kills. Um, <clears throat> so do you plan to? Um, it's such a weird question, but like, um, yeah, you don't play a dress up for Halloween, do you? Um, no, not really. So, <laughs> I mean, not to make myself sound bad, to me, ho- growing up, like once, once, once I got out of like the trick or treating phase, you know, ho- Halloween just meant like adult party time for me. Yeah, and um. And it is gonna sound weird. Like I like to cosplay. Like I think I've done some very good cosplays. Dude, you're on a but I don't... podcast. Don't say it's gonna sound weird to cosplay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. What, what I'm gonna say is, but I think it's weird to dress up at that level on Halloween because so many people aren't on that level. It almost feels like uh, a okay. waste because they won't appreciate oh, so, it. So you're trashing the the fox. <laughs> The, the fake cosplayers on Halloween. It's like, no, no. That's what it is. Cosplayers are actually good at what they do, and you are just a... <laughs> Never mind, I'm not going to bash, like, dressing up as sexy, but girls are dressing up as sexy nurses, and it's ridiculous. Yeah. Okay, my thing is, like, okay, somebody went and bought, like, the Spirit of Halloween Batman costume, and here I am, and, like, I don't, like, stitch or make clothing, but... You know, I stitched together this epic ensemble, and people are like, "Oh yeah, that looks good." Oh no, oh, this looks good. Yes, yes, I'm on par with you know, with plastic mask Batman over there. <laughs> and I just, and also because since you know, as an adult, Halloween's like party, party, like you know, dance, you know, mingle, yeah. all that stuff. That's really, I don't, you don't want to, I don't want to do that in a full ensemble. You know. Like in a in a in a in a in an outfit that took care and time to make and is really you know well yeah. done you know whether it be you know the extreme high levels or just you know the mid tier levels like I'm not trying to spill stuff get people tugging you know <laughs> look at this guy over here he's too good for Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> 
I I realize now that having a daughter is going to be a, a blessing and a curse when it comes to Halloween because <laughs> she's like thinking of all these cool costumes and she's like, you're going to be Daddy Pig from Peppa Pig. Don't get me wrong, Peppa Pig <laughs> fucking slaps as far as a kid's show goes, but I don't want to be Daddy Pig. And every time I talk to her about him, like, because she recently got a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and like, she likes Leonardo and stuff. I'm like, well, we could dress up as a turtle. She's like, no, you're Daddy Pig. I'm like, but but she's like you're daddy pig I'm like damn, i don't want to do that though so i gotta try to think of a cool costume that's gonna appease her that is also not daddy pig but um we were talking about netflix specials earlier have you watched anything cool on netflix recently because i'm about to segue uh, the, segue the cuss out of this episode yeah uh i, I watched squid game because you know that's the biggest thing since sliced bread yeah, but, my last but, my guest uh, last episode made me watch it, and I've been watching it recently. <laughs> I haven't finished it though. Yeah, yeah. But outside of Squid Game, so Netflix to me has reached that dangerous level of saturation where there's just so much. It's like I can't. I don't think I can have a unique moment of discovery with Netflix because it's almost impossible just by the sheer catalog. So I kind of just wait till people say, "Hey, watch this thing." And then maybe I'll watch it if it looks interesting enough. Otherwise, like I don't even touch Netflix with a Netflix originals with a ten foot pole. Cause I'm just like, there was a time where I would give them a chance, but now I was like, I don't have eight hours out of my day to waste to waste watching things that end up being bad or not worth it. So I need like that that community recommendation to be like, okay, I'll check this out. So here's your segue. Are you ready? Are you prepared for this? Yeah. I yes. knew I was gonna have you on, and for countless years only four i have been trying to get my daughter to watch more pokemon so i pulled up netflix and i was like we're watching this don't cry and i pulled up the new <laughs> pokemon movie it's jungle something like jungle journey or something like that have you watched this mr odell have you seen this movie you, you know i i kind of stay away from the pokemon movies i know i know it has a uh, zaru the legendary in it and you know that's like his big thing but it's like it's, okay, so I don't. It doesn't. It doesn't matter to me that they're not canonical. I think you know Pokemon the first movie is, and maybe the second and third one. But yeah. you know the rest are just you know made up stories in the world of Pokemon, and I'm fine with that. But they take they take extreme liberty with so many things that I'm just like, even in the fantasy world of Pokemon, I'm having a hard time buying this situation. My dude, my and, dude. And, this movie was fucking good. It was really good. I was there was three songs in the movie, and I was like, "Why are they singing? Like, why is this happening?" Outside of that, and out something I'm going to spoil for you, I really enjoyed this movie. It was on point, and I have not watched anything like Pokemon related in quite a while. But I was like, you know what? Oh. I'm gonna have Odell on. I know he wants to talk about Pokemon. Let me just watch this real fast. And the, my daughter actually really liked it, but it is the Jungle Book slash Tarzan that. Child lost in the forest, abandoned, so gets raised by an animal. But in this case, an animal is a Pokemon. In this case, that Pokemon is Zarud. In which case, this human can talk to Pokemon. Okay? Can I uh -huh. spoil this movie for you? Sure, go ahead. There is a whole entire, like, segmented plot line about how this dude was raised by a, a Zarud. And thinks he's a Zerud, but obviously he knows it's off a little bit, but he's never been to a human city. So he doesn't realize that he's a human until, like, these events happen, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to spoil the whole thing. 
but like there's like these really sentimental like moving moments where he's talking to his because he speaks pokemon he's talking to the zarude that raised him that he calls data and he's just like you know i'm not a zarude you know i don't even know if i'm a human i don't know what i am and the zarude is just like you are a zarude you are like you know you're you're, you're my son blah blah and goes this whole emotional apex and things like that and finally he realizes that like he can be both a zarude and a human and he's as rude at heart, damn it. And that's just the way it's going to be. Well, the final <laughs> climatic battle happens. And the, his, what he calls data, the whole movie gets hurt. He gets hurt real bad, Odell. He gets hurt real bad. Oh, man. And they're in like this healing river. But the healing river has lost its healing abilities, which feels weird in the Pokemon world. But here we are. It has to do with Celipi. <laughs> so this dude, he... Um, I'm trying to remember his, like, I think it's Coco is his character's name. But, like, he's trying to, like, heal his dad from the healing river. It's not working. And finally, he just, like, pulls in all of his energy. This motherfucker pulls a Pokemon move. He he used some of his what? PP. Some of his power, power points. I, I think that's what PP is in Pokemon games, right? Power points? Yeah, it stands for power point. Yeah. Okay, he used some of his fucking power points. And he heals his dad. Everybody's like... How do you do that? And they're like, he, he was a Zerud at heart. There's some like elder Zerud. He's just like, hey, he's just one of us. I'm like, no, he's not. He's a human. This is the dumbest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> that movie was so good. I actually recommend it. As much as I'm shitting on it right now for that like scene, <laughs> it was good. And even when that scene happened, I did all the entirety of my suspension was just, but the entirety of, not my suspension, the entirety of my disbelief was suspended at that time. And I was just all in with just like, he is a Zerud. Like, this is awesome. <laughs> it made you buy it. You're like, you're right. You are a Zerud, damn it. But, so not the whole reason I have you on here. I didn't I didn't think Pokemon. I'm like, oh, I got to talk to Odell. I thought Odell and was like, I want you on my show. And then you were like, I would like to talk about Pokemon, please. And I was like, oh, fuck yeah. That's awesome. That is complete <laughs> nerdum right there. It is one of the things that, like, there's, like, bastions, like, last lines in defense that I always talk about of, like, not crossing over. Um, one of those things for me, like, is magic where, like, I'll play D&D all day, but, like, I won't touch trading card games. One, for the, like, investment of them. Uh, two, because uh, I don't want to shit on it as a genre, but it's never appealed to me, like, magic and things like that, but, like, I was a kid. I played Pokemon trading cards and the, the what's been trendy recently. And this is where I'm going to hand it off to you and your opinion of this. What's been trendy recently is putting card mechanics into games where you have back for blood has card mechanics. Display the spire was one of the first like card games that I played outside of Shadowverse, And like, I, I don't know if you're you're probably more a fan of like Pokemon through the actual game genre, which uh, that was going to be my not my trivia question for you because I know you're going to know the answer. But like, really, what came <laughs> first the the trading card, the anime? The anime did not come first. I'd be surprised if that was true. But what came first, the trading card game or the game, the video game? The video game is the originator of it all. And then trading cards birthed out of the anime, right? I believe so. That I don't know. I don't know if the animated trading card game comes first, but I know none of the, none of the IP that is Pokemon existed before the video game. Okay. So the way I remember it, it would be video game, 
Maybe it would have been. But anyway, so back to my original. Um, no, the anime premiered before the game actually made it stateside, though. Oh, yeah, that's where some of the confusion comes in with us stupid Americans who don't actually do research on things. But, um, <laughs> okay, so before I hand off to you, my, my point was, I don't know if you're more into, like, the trading card aspect or the... But, like, it, card mechanics is, like, overlapping. Like, I played Play This Fire and loved it. Um, the new uh, Marvel Sons... God damn it, now I can't remember the name name to it. But the new, uh, I think it's Fire Axis Studio that does the XCOM games. That whole game is based off card mechanics, and it looks amazing. Um, so it's just really cool to see that like spill over. And it's definitely pulled me back to wanting to revisit some of these old um, like trading card, like stereotypical monster catching things, like Monster Ranch, or the thing that's better than Pokemon, which is Digimon. <laughs> I told you if you're gonna be on, we're gonna argue about that. I mean, the anime is a one. I mean, I love the first season of Digimon. I, you were talking about uh, second. I ordered a DVD box set from somebody in California for the for the a complete DVD box set, original Digimon in English and Japanese. So I'm all I'm nice. all I'm all about Digimon. Okay, so with all that said, and with you saying that you like Digimon, tell me your history of Pokemon. And why you still enjoy it so much. Okay, so uh, my first interaction with Pokemon, the video game, was in Sears. Where my mom was in Sears doing, I don't know, Sears stuff. This was back when <laughs> Sears sold thing. like clothes <laughs> clothes and jewelry. You know, it just wasn't appliances. Today, I believe it's strictly appliances. But back in the day, like it was like you know any other, any other department store. And uh, they had a Game Boy set up, and they had a copy of Pokemon in it. I don't know if it was red or blue. And it was weird. I remember playing it, having no idea what I was doing, but just being floored. And, like, it was it was a, not to sound stereotypical, but it, it was a, it was like a magical moment. Well, not stereotypical wasn't the word. What was the word I was looking for? Cliche. Not to sound cliche. There we go. Not to sound cliche. But it was just like it was just insta magic, and I was like, oh my god, I want this. I don't I don't know what this is. But I want it. But then, you know, the, the anime took off. And, you know, of course, it was just popular. And then uh, I remember just playing it and just it was funny because for the longest times I used to say that, like, I, I didn't like R RPGs or JRPGs. Like, that wasn't for me. But, like, one of my favorite games of all time was, in fact, the JRPG. The, despite the fact we don't think of Pokemon as that, it is, at the end of the day, a JRPG. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I played it. And, you know, I got really into it or whatever. And I got really into, like, the lore, if you will, and what Pokemon was. And then, you know, I got gold and silver, and it was still amazing. And then, you know, when uh, Ruby and Sapphire came out, there started to be a dip. That's when people, like, still liked Pokemon, but it wasn't, like, at its height. But for me, like, it just kept going up, up, and up. And, you know, ultimately, you know, as I love video games as a whole, like Pokemon just it was really impactful for me I think for the fact that um unlike so many other things you know like you know people say video games is escapism and so is reading like I compare Pokemon to something like Harry Potter where right? you know it's young kids and doing stuff and all this stuff but unlike anything that you can compare to Pokemon doesn't really ask you to dis uh to uh you said it earlier to suspend, to suspend your belief, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, like... 
the rules are pretty simple. There's just things you collect and you walk around towns. Yeah, and even when you watch the anime, it's like, because the Pokemon world is very much our world. It's like, you know, the rules of our world very much apply. The only thing really magical is just, you know, these creatures and the system we have for them. And it's one of the few things I feel like in fantasy that anyone can do. Like, let's say you were born with a disability and you're in a wheelchair. Like, you could be a Pokemon trainer. You don't have to disespain your belief to be like, oh, I don't have to walk. Like, no, you can just already be the person you are and be a Pokemon trainer. Yeah, it is really in every sense that of the word. If you were to transfer that world into this one, like anybody could do it. And uh, I don't know if you purposefully touched on this or it's just something I'm picking out myself. I'm personally a big fan of kids overtaking the greater evils, like the Stranger Things stories, Goonies. You mentioned Harry Potter. Oh, that's what it is. You mentioned Harry Potter. Um, is that an aspect of to you? Like you can also think of it like Earthbound, but is that an aspect of you uh, of it to you where you're just like this kid on a journey? Yeah, you know, I would I wouldn't say like I would be taking on a crime syndicate, but you know, the <laughs> only the only real thing I feel like would probably be different. The age of entry would probably be higher. Like maybe you have to be like 16, 18 to be like you know start your journey. Like a little bit more self sufficient than. 10 or 12 or you know whatever the age is in their world but yeah like you know you can you can be you know once you're ready like because you know it, there's, there's actually no age there's an age where you have to be to be one legally but you don't have to start your journey there you know what i'm saying like could you imagine being like at, in your corporate office and being like i'm done with the nine to five grind i'm gonna go be a trainer <laughs> like could you imagine having that like that oh, the freedom to do that but yes, like oh, you, you said, I, I do enjoy like, <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and unlike Digimon or you know other Isekai stores anime, you don't have to be teleported to some magical place. You don't have to it's just like and on the other side, like, you could be a Pokemon trader and very much be like, I'm gonna go live a regular life now. Like, but yes, yeah, like I love that 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 you know that freedom to be you and kids on the journey, that that is definitely a part of it. Yeah. I uh so you you have you played all the Pokemon games? Yes, I've played all of the main series and not every spinoff, but a good chunk of them. Like, you know, I played um You played the mystery dungeon. The trading card game. Yeah, yeah. I played I only played one of the, the dungeon series because I wasn't the biggest fan of them, even though I hear they do get better. Mm-hmm. I played Pokemon Conquest, you know. I played Pokemon Go. I played the Snap. What's Pokemon Conquest? Is that the stadium or is that different? Uh Pokemon Conquest is the grid battle. Like, you know what Advance Wars is, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the Fire Emblem. Uh, replace tanks and stuff with Pokemon. Oh, that actually sounds cool. I've never heard of that game before. What system is it, it on? Strategy, whatever you call the genre is of, like, turn-based RTS? grid battles. Yeah, I think it's RTS. Yeah. Oh, okay. What system is that on? It was on a Game Boy Advance. It's a Game Boy Advance game. Mm. Do you think we're getting a like it's, it's, Game it's, Boy uh, do you think we're getting Game Boy Advance on Switch? Uh, I don't know. That'd be cool. That'd be cool, honestly. I feel like we could survive without it. Now that we got 64 games, like that's like, you know, good job, pack it up, go home. But if we got <laughs> Game Boy Advance games, that would be cool. But I don't think there's a big enough market for that. Like that wouldn't there's not enough outcry. Cause even for me, I still have my uh Game Boy Advance SP. One of the best systems ever made. 
And so I'm just like, I could always play it there, but I can't think of I can't think of many Game Boy Advance games out of the Pokemon ones that you know they're inevitably gonna remake that I that I would love to revisit. Like, you know, Metroid Fusion, people start playing that because you know the new Metroid game. But I can't think of a oh man, this game was so good that I needed on like a modern system to play it outside of maybe a Pokemon game. So I'm yeah, I'm neutral. I, like if we get it, I'll be excited, like yay, but there's just, not many uh, games I think I missed. I well, I mean, for me, like I played some Game Boy Color games, but I never really had much in the way of handhelds. Like we had an NES, we never had a, a Super Nintendo as a kid, um, and then we jumped straight to the N64, and then we've had the had the GameCube, had the Wii, never had the Wii U, and of course now I have the Switch. So there's a lot of games I missed from like the um, even the 3DS era that I just never got to try. <coughs> Mm-hmm. And I mean, I couldn't even begin to think of the games that are on the Game Boy Advance. I mean, that's kind of why I'm hopeful that they'll eventually come uh, to the Switch system. Um, I will say, though, because you mentioned Snap earlier, I've had like a big like back and forth offer in an almost entire year now of whether or not I should get new Pokemon Snap. Now that, <coughs> excuse me, now that the original Pokemon Snap has come to the Switch, I'm good. I'll just try that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, poke, new po- I have some complaints about new Pokemon Snap, but I think it's it wasn't what it needed to be, but it's cool that it happened. Also, I was going to say, don't feel bad about at least Game Boy Advance games, because honestly, a lot of them were just Super Nintendo games. Just like, just well, I never really played like, Super Nintendo games, so I missed out on both then, well, <laughs> <laughs> Like, one of my oh. favorite Game Boy Advance games is uh, Yoshi Island Advance, which is just Yoshi's Island on the Game Boy Advance. Uh, speaking of Yoshi, Yoshi 64, for whatever reason, was one of my favorite games on the N64, and the fact that we're getting that is a highlight. And I don't care if I'm alone, and that's a hot take, that Yoshi's story was amazing, but I'm here for it. I'm excited for it. So, um, I'm excited for it in the sense that, uh, so Yoshi's Islands is probably one of my top favorite games ever made, and I was upset that it didn't play like that. But I will say this. I rented Yoshi's Island several times because I heard there were so many secrets in the game. And I finally got, got like a game guide to them. But when I finally re-rented the copy, like the save files were basically at the beginning. And I could never get back to the point where like all the secrets were. So now I'm going to write re- write that wrong when it comes to <laughs> the Switch. of getting the black and white Yoshi and like all the other. There's a lot of secrets in that game, believe it or not. I think, I think we got that. Yeah. Because I remember there was a way to collect all the Yoshis, right? Speaking of collecting, Pokemon. Um. Anyways, yeah, there's a way to collect all the Yoshis, right? Yeah, I believe so. It just, yeah, you had to find them. And then I don't know what you had to do to get the black and white Yoshi, but you had to do something like special. And there was like a secret level. I, I don't know. But the point is, I never fully beat the game as a child. And I'm, I'm looking forward to doing that. So uh, I, I didn't mean to derail us too much with that 64 talk. Uh, your favorite Pokemon? Ooh, my favorite Pokemon. So that's that's always a tough one for me. So it's always a safe bet if I say Cyndaquil. Like, I, I really love Cyndaquil for some reason. I don't know why. Like, it just speaks to me as a person. Yeah. You, but, you uh, but I got that oh, out when you're on Min-Max, the Team Cyndaquil. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so... But I wouldn't say he's, like, quintessentially my favorite, but he's just a safe pick for me. But if I had to think of, like, a more, like, a genuine favorite of mine, uh, it's probably a fire type. 
no no doubt like a lot of my favorite pokemon are fire types but uh like i i I really don't know because i have such a such a affinity towards them all for different reasons like like you know i love them uh in in smash um well incineroar you mean charizard and i think think incineroar is the wrestling one right yeah, Cinderella's the wrestling one. I'm not a fan of him. I can definitively say that. Uh, what I was going to say is, like, in Smash, like, for whatever reason, I do really well as, as Incineroar. I don't know what it is, because he's one of the most janky characters in that huge freaking <laughs> roster of fighters. But I did pretty okay as Incineroar. Yeah. So do you think Fire-type is probably your favorite type? Is that what you said? Oh, most of that, hands, hands down. Hands down, my yeah. favorite type. Did you like Score Bunny? You know, I I do enjoy Score Bunny. Like uh like he's a fire rabbit. Like I like things that are fire and both rabbits. So that was a that was an instant win for Such me. Such a long so list it, of things that are fire and rabbits. <laughs> yeah, so I kid you not, like when when I saw that announcement, my friend was like, I think is like I think they finally made your dream Pokemon. I was like, Yes, it's fire and a rabbit. But the, the ironic part about it is I feel it's fully evolved form. Cinderace is the worst design out of the trilogy. Like, Score Bunny looks cool. Raboot looks amazing in my book. Like, his whole, like, too cool to talk to teenager vibe. It's just... And, like, the fact that he has, like... He doesn't have pockets, but he has little fur, fur spots in his fur. You can stick his hand that are basically pockets. But, you know, he's an animal, so they're not pockets. I was like, 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 the cutest thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> like... like and then Cinderace like just looks like a soccer player, and I'm like, that's just odd. Especially when you got the first two done so well. But I'm like, hey, you know, it's it's not the worst, but it's not the best. It's like a sad boy Sable. Like every iteration of that, I forget the other two evolution names, but sad boy Sable looks sad boy Sable through all of its evolutions. Whereas <laughs> like the uh, Score Bunny uh, goes from looking like a cute little bunny to like. A classy soccer player, Bendit like Beckham, like, well, you turned out okay during your angsty period. <laughs> it's all good now. <laughs> oh, man, you're right. Like, you know, even from angsty teenager till, you know, I, I got it together around, you know, college application time. <laughs> <laughs> Just barely got him in for the, the grants. For, uh, where, where's the, um, What's the region called in Sword and Shield? Um, uh, a Galler. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For the Galler Institute University, that he got that grant <laughs> in. <laughs> um, what, what would you say? Do you know what your favorite of the mainline ones would be? Uh, of the original one hundred and fifty-one. Oh no, not the favorite starters? Pokemon, but like the like the like. Oh, uh, it, oh, the Red, game. Blue? Yeah, the games. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I always say Black 2 and White 2 is probably one of the most underrated and best entries in the title. Because, you know, the easy answer is Gold and Silver. But I feel like Black 2 and White 2 is the spiritual evolution successor of that because it takes place three to four years after the original Black and White. How, you know, Gold and Silver is canonically literally three, two years, I think, two years after the events of Red and Blue. And you can see how the world has changed and all that stuff and the things. And Black 2 and White 2 has that same effect where the world is dramatically shifted by the events of that first game. And the fashion in that game is really cool. And I think as far as Pokemon stories, 
are never, you know, really that good. Like no one plays the game for their stories. But yeah. Black 2 and White 2, writing on the coattails of the great story in Black and White, also has a really good story. So I'm like, it's a good Pokemon game with a really good story. So Funny enough, funny enough I think it was, I forget which one uh, I had. My wife got for me either Black or White. That's one of the ones that I actually played the most of. Um, I fumbled around with, uh, I can't remember if it was red or blue now. I think it was blue as a kid. Again, never really got far because I never had to walk through a guide, and I just did not have the willpower. And then, um, so I played, I got to the final four, and then I got frustrated because I didn't realize that you actually had to build a good team. I just kept my favorite Pokemon throughout that game, and whenever I found a cooler one, I would switch it out. So I was going up against like the psychic, uh, the psychic trainers and things like that with absolute dog shit like matchups. So I got frustrated and stopped playing. And then uh, Sword and Shield, and I do believe I'm repeating myself because I think I told this story last episode, the episode prior, but I had this really weird experience where Sword and Shield, I enjoyed the game, played it almost daily, and then for Thanksgiving, I got really sick. It wasn't the flu, but it was basically like flu symptoms. Um, And I was so excited to play. uh, I I got Sword, I think. So I was so excited to play Sword. I got it almost day one. Maybe it was a couple days after because I know I picked it up from GameStop without having pre-ordered it. I played almost every day. I got sick. And when I got better from being sick, I tried to play it. And I was like, this just does not interest me. And I put it down. I could just not go back to playing it. It was nothing that the game did. It just left a bad taste in my mouth. I don't know why. Oh, man. Man, that sucks. Yeah, and now I'm on the fence of like trying another Pokemon game, like the new legendary one, um, Ar- Ar- Arceus. Is that what it's called? Yeah, Legend of Arceus. Yeah. Yeah, it looks amazing. I mean, it has a glider and a jet ski, and it it looks like <laughs> while your Pokemon are fighting, you can do like Dark Souls, like tuck and rolls, like you can turtle up yeah. and roll out of the way. And I was like, this, this looks like an actual evolution of a Pokemon game, but. I don't know. I don't want to have the same experience of being super excited, getting invested into it, and then just falling off for no apparent reason. Oh yeah, no, I get you. Um, what I'm excited for is the next mainline Pokemon game. You know, the next you know generation uh nine game, whatever Gen nine is gonna. Because you know, with things like Arceus and like the remakes and stuff, like I and especially the DLC from Sword and Shield, I'm real curious to see how Gen nine is gonna shape. You know, I, I'm I'm pretty sure you know the 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 basic mechanic of turn-based system you know you're not going to be like you know buddy fighting in gen 9 or nothing like that you know you're not going to like yeah. pull out a sword and go duel it with duel duel it out with the other trainer while your pokemon fight but Unless. in terms of <laughs> <laughs> you know I, I i think you know like the 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 producers and you know execs would never let that happen but you know, in terms of like world how you explore how you interact you know pokemon populating the world and stuff you know, and especially with Sword and Shield, how they did it with the wild area, and then in the DLC, how everywhere is basically the wild area, mm-hmm. and how Ark is go. We're gonna, we, you know, even if it's not full open world, I'm pretty sure Gen Nine is either gonna be fully open world in a way we've never experienced before, like maybe in, in a way of like, like how Breath of the Wild didn't reinvent nothing, but they rewrote the book on how to do it. I feel like Pokemon right. may rewrite the book on how to do that in a monster genre sense. But, you know, the core battling mechanics will probably still be the same. But I think we're in for a treat when it comes to the world of Pokemon. 
I think that it will be uh did you play God of War? Yeah. The 2018 one, right? Uh yeah, yeah. Or the original. Um, so, no, yeah. the 2018 one. Um we talked about the Tales of Arise series earlier, or the Tales of series earlier in Tales of Arise. Uh my favorite like size game, so to speak, isn't completely linear like uh The Last of Us. And it's not open world. It's somewhere in between where there's like hub worlds, which God of mm-hmm. War kind of did where like they would drop you in this world and you were quote unquote free to explore. But there's clear parameters that like you would butt up against. But it wasn't like a linear dungeon like you would even see in like Final Fantasy games where it was point A, point B. Even the maze like. And I would like to see the next Pokemon game go there where it's not fully open world. But like when you get to a town and you can explore the like the foresty areas or whatever like uh, ecosystem there is, there's not like one path to get through it. There would be multiple paths to get through it. And I think that would be yeah. the best case scenario is like hub world. Yeah, like, you know, when you're in a city, you're clearly in a city, you know, there's bounds and, you know, dead ends and stuff. But, like, when you know, like you said, you're in a forest and there's not, like, here's the path you walk along, battle trainers along the way. Yeah. But the exit to the forest is to the far northeast, and you can pretty much take any route to get there, you know. And, you know, it feels like real life because, you know, in real life, you know, like, you, you're you bound to the ecosystem. And, like you said, like, you know, if you're in a real life forest, there comes a point where the forest ends. But while you're there, you're there, you know, and it's, you know, any given direction. Yeah, I mean, that hasn't really been, like, I'm not wrong. Am I that really hasn't been a case in the Pokemon games? It is usually linear through those sections, right? Yeah, like um, like I said, in the DLC, the uh, Isle of Armor and the the Crown Tundra, that's, Mm -hmm. like, the most freedom you've ever had. And I'm pretty sure they're going to expand on that, like... The, the Isle of Armor was okay, but then the Crown Tundra was even better, like uh, execution, ex, um, the execution. So, and then, you know, we're going to have um, clearly uh, Legends of Arcus, which I think on Twitter, the guy who runs Cerebi has already noted that it's probably going to be hub world. Like, it's not going to be open world. Like, it's going to be open world to an extent. Like, you go to the mountain region, and here's the mountain region open world aspect, and then, you know, you leave yeah. and have to go to a... And so, again, I really think they're these aren't just one-off things that they're doing. Like, I, I really think they're working and perfecting this idea of how this would work in a mainline series. And, you know, so maybe we, we will go ultimate, like, straight-up uh, Skyward's, I mean, not Skyward, uh, Breath of the Wild style, where, like, you can feasibly, quote-unquote, kind of go anywhere from the start. But clearly, I'm pretty sure there'll be, like, natural blocks. Like, the bridge is out because, you know, you need to do stuff before we... You got to wake us, Norlax. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so we talked about what we like to see. We talked about kind of the present stuff and the future state. What I would also like to talk about is the past tense and, or uh, the, the past where all kind of Pokemon came from. Get into that a little bit. Uh, so, we, you know, I mean, anybody listening to this right now can see from the episode title. I mean, first of all, this is people don't understand that Pokemon is the biggest money-making franchise ip standalone period hands down like yes. with everything they have they have the biggest influx of money and it all started with one man's dream uh you can tell me that man's name if you know it off the top of your head about creating a game about bug catching <laughs> dude just loved catching bugs when he was growing up during summertime like he would just go off and do that, like by the quarry or ponds or lakes or wherever you catch bugs in Japan. And 
that was just his childhood, which I'm not knocking it. It's just to think one of the biggest, no, the biggest franchises ever, uh, excuse me, came from this little boy's just love of catching bugs. Can you tell us any more about that or your understanding of it? Yeah, um, Satoshi, Satoshi, I believe his name is, and it's, it's, I'm blanking on it, but I, I mean, you can Google it, and um, no, so yeah, he just, um, he loved catching bugs, bugs is his favorite uh, Pokemon type, and he wanted to, you know, emulate that in a game, and so he created Pokemon, which, fun fact, Pokemon almost never saw the light of day, Game Freak was a failing game development company at the time, and Nintendo only put it on the Game Boy because they were like, we're having, we're making an experimental system that may fail. We don't know if it's going to be good or not. And we'll take your game. You know, I don't know what the legality was. It like, you know, we'll be in partners or we'll have co-ownership of the, I, I, I don't know, you know, what the legalness, but they were like, we'll give you a chance. Fun fact, Miyamoto actually coded most of the game to like complete the game and, you know, make it work on the Game Boy. And they're like, we'll put it on the Game Boy. It, it was kind of like, since you're failing anyway, and it's probably, will could very realistically be a bust from a financial standpoint and be your final game. We'll put it on our experimental system because it's almost like, you know, we won't have nothing to lose. And then it became the biggest thing ever and literally sold the Game Boy. Like the game that they didn't believe in and was just giving a chance to became the main component for selling the system, which I think is just insane. It's one of the stories that makes you like want to believe in yourself. Like you just never know. That's like a very square and Final Fantasy thing, you know, like yeah. that being the last game, like, look, let's just try this and blah, blah. And Final Fantasy is still one of the biggest IPs, like as far as video games go. Um, tied up there with Dragon Quest, Dragon Quest, apparent, uh, Dragon Quest obviously be more popular in Japan, but it's just ridiculous. These like last straw stories that you hear. Uh, what was it? Uh, God, I'm gonna get this wrong. But one of my friends is just gonna be very upset with me. Sylvester Stallone put it all on the line for the Rocky movie. Um, I think he pretty much sold everything he had except for like his dog or something like that. But he had so much faith <laughs> in it. Like, and then he was basically homeless and Rocky got picked up and obviously he became fam- famous after that. But yeah, those like uh, art forms that come from a man on a brink, it's just it's always good to hear those success stories. Yeah, and I, I think more so in Pokemon, it was like you were done before you got started because unlike with Final Fantasy, this wasn't like you were failing and like this was just like your first major, it was going to be like your first major and last production just because I always tell it's, it's funny to think about oh, that, yeah, but Game, Game Freak, Freak did nothing prior. And has made, huh? Game Freak didn't do anything prior, did they? I didn't think about that. Yeah, they, they, that, that was like, that was oh, it. Shit. Like that was, <laughs> yeah, so... You know, so I always think that's funny. It was just like, oh, you were you were done before you started. And I always like to think to tell people, Game Freak does make other games or has, but let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea what they are because Pokemon's the only I don't want to say only noteworthy thing, but it's like you say, it's the biggest IP on the planet. Everything fails in comparison next to it. I I think I, uh-huh. I think the next biggest is like Hello Kitty as an IP. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, again, for anybody listening right now who doesn't believe us, we're not talking about, like, corporation. Like, this is not a, like, Walt Disney thing because Walt Disney owns different IPs. We're talking singular IP. This thing is a monster 
that just like eats other IPs for breakfast and still has time for dessert. Like when you think about the trading cards, the animes, the video games, the side video games, the plushies, they, the, I think part of it too is like, if you look at Marvel, Marvel for most of their lives have not had full ownership of all of their characters, all of their toys, all of their games, ABC, like, uh, Game Freak and Pokemon, like, they have full ownership. So anything that they bring in is monetized by themselves. And they are so many different uh, clothings. Like I said, the plushies and things like that. Like, even the Yeah, the merch probably kills other IPs with everything they have to offer. Yeah, you always hear the story about, like, Star Wars made, uh, I think it was Star Wars made more money off of, like, the toys and actually did the movies and things like that, where, like, Toys make a lot of money in, like, all the Pokemon toys that are out there. Like, it's ridiculous. Um, so, yes, it, it is the biggest, like, earning IP out there. Um, just, it, it just, I can't say enough. It's just all some dude who likes catching bugs. Um, with their history, though, this is kind of a side question. And I know we mentioned, like, walkthroughs and things like that. So, what is your... How do I phrase this question? What is your favorite? So everybody knows that, you know, you'll get red or blue, okay? You'll get one version or the uh-huh. other to get half of the... So if you look at the initial run, you'll get half of the initial Pokemon, right? And then you have to trade, things like that. However, I don't know... And you could tell me which generation this really started at. But there is really cryptic and weird ways to actually get Pokemon... So my experience only being with Sword and Shield, I know one Pokemon, the only ways to get it in Sword and Shield is being at this particular stone at this particular time of day and doing this really crazy shit. Like, what is your favorite story of how to either evolve or get a Pokemon that's true? I'm not talking like the glitch Uh, Pokemon or anything like that. uh, Or Mew is actually behind a truck. (laughs) So I actually told this story to somebody the other day. So there's a Pokemon called NK. It's like like a little like Ink I N K K N K. And it's a flying little squid thing. It's a psychic Pokemon. And it evolves into a Pokemon called Malamar, which looks like an upside down version of that. It's up bigger. Mm-hmm. And uh and for the longest time, so I was going through uh so in Sun and Moon, I really wanted to complete my Pokedex. Like, I really wanted to, like, you know what? I'm going to go it for, do it the first time. I'm going to, like, knock this thing out the park. And so I had to get an NK and a Malamar. And, like, and then I'm going through, like, my backlog of Pokemon and, like, previous generations and realize I never had a Malamar. Like, never, ever, since its inclusion, never had a Malamar. And I'm like, why, how, why did I never involve an NK? Like, why do I don't have a Malamar? And like I'm like training it, and it never evolves, and and I so I eventually like had to Google. So on the DS, in the DS, the game where NK evolves, and then like two generations after that, you couldn't do it. I don't I, I don't know if you could do it in Sun and Moon. Yeah, because yeah, Sun and Moon was still the, the regardless of where I did it to evolve NK, you have mm-hmm. to battle with it with your DS turned upside down. The gyroscope will recognize that it is upside down, and then it's it the will kind evolve. of shit. and i was dear god how would have i how would anyone ever done this organically unless you're like a kid on the couch 
just with an ink at the time, you know, playing like, you know, like upside down style or something. There's a, I was like, <laughs> I, and I, I, I know I name dropped them a lot. Um, they, uh, had influence on me of finally doing this podcast. Um, so it's only natural. Uh, I name drop them occasionally. I don't know if I'm picking up my daughter crying on the mic or not. I apologize if it is. I hope she's okay. I, I my, mom, my wife's with her. So, um, anyways, um, well, some MinMax. So MinMax was talking with Serial about like frustrations with Zelda games. There's some Zelda game on 3DS where like you have to get something stamped, and the way to do that is to close the 3DS. And Serial is saying he took forever like playing it, leaving the 3DS open because he wouldn't like go away from the puzzle. So he never got it for the longest time until he finally found out you had to close it, and he's like. Why would I close it when I'm trying to solve it? That doesn't make sense. But like the stamp is at the top and you have to close it to actually stamp the thing. Yeah. And I mean, Pokemon is like, and not just those physical mechanics, like closing or turning upside down, but like, I never realized until Sword and Shield. And like, I think there's an Apple Pokemon too that have some weird way to um, evolve it. That Pokemon got this deep with like these puzzle mechanics on how to evolve Pokemons. And that's just, that's amazing to me. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's in Spirit Tracks. I believe, like, you got a stamp is, is where, the, where the stamp thing comes from. And I know the puzzle he's talking about. That, you know, I always give it that, like, at least that has, like, a, a train of thought to it. Like, oh, like, you know, it, but, like, the Pokemon, like, you, that's just, like, it, it's literally the equivalent. There's some, there's, there's like, there's Pokemon sort of show you have to spin around counterclockwise or clockwise at different times of the day for it to evolve into different forms of itself. Is those well, are go, things like, go more on that. yeah. Or are you talking yeah, about so the Inky? No, and uh, Milsery, the little, it's like a, it looks like flying milk that evolves into our creamy, the cake looking Pokemon. To get okay, Milsery to evolve into <laughs> you have to twirl and counterclockwise. Or clockwise at different times of the day to get in, to have the different flavors it can come in, and I'm just like, this is literally like put a finger in your nose, spin around three times, and hop on one foot type of levels of nonsense. That's like we we're talking about Squid Game earlier. You said you finished with it. Yeah, I haven't finished with it yet, but like those like games that they talk about, I'm like, this is I've never heard of these games. This is just really weird games, and it's just nonsense. Like. Like when they originally in the first episode try to explain the rules of Squid Games. Oh, okay, here's a perfect like an, an not analogy, but like another example. Have you watched Fantastic Mr. Fox? Uh, the the, the weird creepy stop animation with uh George Clooney. Yes, <laughs> not the weird creepy stop animation movie. The amazing top notch <laughs> four out of five star. That movie is that's one of my favorite. If I had to actually sit down and write them, write them down, like that's one of my top ten movies, favorite yeah. movies of all time. But I don't think it's a bad movie. It 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 just it just creeps me out slightly. Yeah, it's kind of weird, but I'm not going to think about it for too long. But the game that they play in that, like the crackback game that they play, it's so many weird <laughs> rules tied to it. It's just like, why would I ever think to do this? The pine cone on fire shit. Uh, Okay. You know what? That's probably my favorite part of the movie. Uh, just for the nonce. Like, just, like, I imagine, like, we're just gonna make up a game and just do the most random stuff ever. And how quickly they go through the rules is also, like, <laughs> part of the bit 
where he just says them so quickly, like, if you're not paying attention, you're like, yeah, this makes sense, this makes sense. But if you watch it as many times as I have, you're just like, none of this fucking makes sense. Who got away with this? Who actually <laughs> sat down and said, yeah, this, this is good, cleared, put, put it through. Uh, that movie has so many good, like, small bits. Like, uh, I don't know if you've noticed it this episode or not, but actually, I try to, I cursed a lot during this episode, but I do try to replace curse words with actually just saying cussing. And that came from Fantastic Mr. Fox. Ah. Like that whole scene where he's like, are you cussing with me? I'm not cussing with you. Like, <laughs> are you cussing? Well, cussing you. But like, it's such a good scene. That freak out scene that one of the hunters has in his bus where he just like smashes everything. And like he walks out of his RV and he picks up the bike over his head. And he throws the bike as like the last like stance of his anger. And he's just like. Like, to me, that was, like, a top-notch freak-out scene. But we're not here for that. We're here for Pokemon. Um, you mentioned earlier um, in the confusion, I asked you your favorite generation game. You thought I was talking about the original 151. So, that is a better question. What is your original 151 favorite Pokemon? So, this may come as a surprise. So, those who know me, they, they already know the answer to this question, but it's Vaporeon. Yes, I know. The opposite of a fire type. Vaporeon. That is one of the water types, obviously, right? Yes. I'm go- I'm Googling this. I try not to Google during episodes because it takes me away. Dude, that literally Google's listening because that popped up way too quickly. Oh, yeah, dude. So- the evolution of Eevee. Yeah, oh, and I have one. one right here. <laughs> when I went to Japan, they had this special, uh, what's it called? Oceanic Operetta series at one of the Pokemon centers. And this is this Queen Vaporeon. And I was like, I must have it. You are mine that now. shit is the Beyonce of fucking Pokemon right there. Like, <laughs> you guys ever want to see Beyonce as a Pokemon? That's it. Oh, yeah. And so, like, I was just like, my friend was like, it looks kind of girly. I was like, you shut up. I am getting it. It's mine. <laughs> this is a, more of a side note that I think is funny. Um, uh, a Tales of Arise, you can change the character's costume. You can do most Tales of games. I literally sat there for five minutes, ten minutes, fifteen minutes, asked my wife, like, does this look good on the character? She was like, care? <laughs> I asked her again. She was like, yeah, that looks pretty. I was like, okay. I was like, does this look cool? She was like, you're not even playing the game. Like, you just want to play dress up. I was like, you're not wrong, but these people need to be looking. I was like, they need to be looking fly as hell when they go into battle, okay? That's what's important here. I have them looking janky, okay? I, I can't have the monsters being like, did you see what they were wearing? Yeah, bro. <laughs> I love, I like, I have, like, a Tales of Arise. Like, I have, like, when they're in town, uh, I have things that they'll wear. When they're exploring, I have them in exploring gear. When they're, in, like, in a dungeon, I have them in dungeon gear. And, like, I never thought I'd be that way at the game whatsoever. <laughs> but here we are, folks. They have their they have their outfits. Um, Oh, but I, I I have to apologize to you, or not really apologize, but say like, um, how do you say? I have sympathy for the fact that I have to end this episode now because like you did not say Cubone, so like we cannot be friends. Ah, uh, <laughs> Cubone, the, the lore on Cubone is amazing. Cubone, uh, the lore is amazing. Is not how I would phrase it, but yes, I always remember the lore to it. It's so. Look, maybe I am a mama's boy because, no, I, like, Jesus, it's so depressing. But at the same time, I'm like, I get it, Cubone. I love my mom, too. Do you want to tell anybody <laughs> listening right now who does not know the lore, what the lore is on Cubone? 
Yeah, so the skulls that Cubones wear are the skulls of their dead mothers. Now, here's the trick. Is that myth lore created by, like, players, or is that lore lore from the Pokemon Game Freak? That is lore lore. Which is what's most effed up about it. That's what's so cussing wrong about it, is Game Freak said <laughs> and said, hey, this dude looks good on a skull, but we gotta explain the skull, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> Let me his mom. Fuck this little creature. Metal. No, it's not metal. It's sad, dude. Like, this guy is clearly. The thing about Pokemon, though, it has some crazy lore. Like, what's some other example? There's people who. uh, So, oh, so there's a Pokemon called Shuppet, S H U P P T, and it evolves into a Pokemon called Bayonet. And the lore is that. Uh. Bandit is a possessed doll looking for the child who had abandoned it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um the ghost type Pokemons, I take about what I said. 90% in, in my literally, literally limited knowledge of like the lore and Pokemon, I believe most of the ghost type Pokemons, if you actually look it up, you're like, how did this pass in a gifted kids game? Like, isn't yeah, there one where, like, uh, objective lore. Uh, excuse me. Um, there's one where it's just like, it has to do with, like, it's not that one, it's a different one that has to do with, like, the spirit of kids and stuff like that. Like, real abandonment stuff. Oh, man. Yeah, there's the Phantom, Phantom that, uh, the spirit of kids who get lost in the forest are reincarnated as this Pokemon. Of. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Oh, dude, spooky season. We're here for it, people. Um, yeah. I always remember, well, like one of my favorite. I I keep kept trying to um, rewatch the original run of Pokemon and Yu Gi Oh over the past couple years. Um, partially try to get my daughter to watch it, and partially just for nostalgic values. And so much, or as much as I've watched the original Pokemon run. It is that original Ghastly and I think Hunter episodes by The Lighthouse that still stand out to me as legitimately good episodes for a cartoon. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Uh, the uh, Ghastly and the Maiden of the Lighthouse or the Maiden of the Lighthouse. The episode yes. is called Something Maiden of the Lighthouse. Yeah, that's what I'm talking and, about. It, yeah, and it, uh, it, like... The original OG run Pokemon has some very good episodes, honestly. But yes, that that is a very good one. So, fun fact: um, another episode, one of the so after the events of nine eleven, um, there's a Pokemon episode called Tower of Terror, which I believe they could just change the title, but because it was called Tower of Terror, it got banned here over in the states, and it's been banned up until I mean very recently, like a year or two ago, and it's where. Ash goes and he meets the haunter that he eventually uses. He goes into the tower with Pikachu and they get locked in there. And then like they meet Ghastly, Gengar, and Haunter, and they go on like you know a ghost adventure. And I remember because like apparently I missed like its original run and I had never saw that episode again until it got unbanned. Was it a good episode? It, it was a fun episode. Like, let me, like, it was one of those episodes that filled in holes. Cause I remember thinking, where did this haunter come from? Like and he comes from the episode. That's where Ash originally meets the haunter he uses to beat Sabrina. Oh. Uh, yeah, that is so, the original run. Um, 
What were you gonna say? I was gonna say, yeah, it's, it's not it's not like oh, it's f- such a great episode, but it's one of those like enough story material happens in it to where if you don't miss it, like certain things just seem to have happened out of thin air. Um, we talked earlier briefly about like the uh, Digimon, Yu Gi Oh, and Pokemon. I'm assuming you've watched all three. Yes. So I one of the reasons I try to go back to them and um, is I like there's part of my mind like okay uh, this is a weird way to explain it and this is uh, a weird way to explain it but like have you heard about like people who suffer through like their left half and right half of the hemisphere of their brain being disconnected so they have to deal with this whole mental ordeal of like not knowing what their left side and right side are doing. Uh-huh. I I have that somewhat sometimes with nostalgia or memory where like one part of my like memory is disconnected from the other part. I forget like how deep the lore in Pokemon and Digimon and like Yu-Gi-Oh are. Like there are some amazing moments and twists and things like that. And it's not just like a, a, a biased subjective like opinion. Like the stuff with Digimon, like if you think about like uh, what is it, Ty and his Pokemon becoming like one of the most powerful Pokemon, or I just said Pokemon, I meant Digimon. I apologize. <laughs> Everybody listening right now is just like this motherfucker doesn't know anything. Anyways, <laughs> like the fact that Ty or not Ty, God, what's Ty's little brother name? Not messing up twice. Uh, Ty has a little sister named Kari, but Matt has a little brother named TK. TK. TK is who I'm thinking of because TK has the Pokemon that turns into Angumon, right? Yes. That's what I was trying to get at. Holy crap, that was a long journey where I got a lot wrong. <laughs> I'm doing this off memory, folks. So, uh, wait, no. What was the little brother's name? The little brother's TK, who has his poke- his Digimon is Patamon. Patamon digivolves yeah. into Angumon. But Ty's little sister has Gatomon, and she digivolves into Angiwomon. Um, uh, Ty's little sister is named Sora, right? Kyrie. Oh damn! I'm just, Sora, I'm just, it's the girl with the firebird that wears the hat, the, the blue hat. <laughs> I'm hanging up the mic. Wait, who's gets, who gets the who gets the cat Pokemon? Or I, oh my god! If I say Pokemon one more time, we're talking about Digimon. <laughs> I'm just gonna like quit this entire podcast. Who gets the cat Digimon? The one with the gloves and the long tail. That is that's not Kyrie? Ty's little sister. Yes, that's Kyrie. That's Kyrie. Okay. That's Kyrie. So wait, who's the one with the bird Pokemon that you're talking about? That is Sora. Sora has the bird Pokemon. When you said Sora, oh, Sora's the the closest thing to a love interest in Ty's life. Like, you know, they're kids, so they don't actually have a love arc, but you know, they were, that's probably like his girl. <laughs> What was the movie where uh, Macaulay Culkin dies from bees? Uh, My Girl? Yeah, My Girl. Look, it happened in My Girls. I mean, love is real <laughs> to this chart. <laughs> Anyways, um, okay. So, TK's the kid. What is TK's little brother's name? Matt is the big brother. TK is the little brother. Okay. Matt's Pokey... Er, Jesus. <sighs> <laughs> Matt's Digimon is my favorite. That uh, wolf type, especially when they get the uh, the Digi Evolution, where he gets like those uh, rocket launcher side wings, so good. Ah, Metal Garurumon is who you're thinking of. 
you're just the memory of Digimon lore and it's impressive, I must say. I really need to finish out that series. I need to find a good place no. to watch that series. So, I love the first season. Love, love, love. Hate the second season. That's the one where, like, they're adults and, like, you know, well, they're not adults. They're probably, like, they're just older. And then, like, mm-hmm. there's, like, the new wave of Digimon. Like, Kyrie, Kyrie and TK are as old as, like, the kids were in the original series. And, like, there's, like, the new Digidescence. Not a fan. The third season is the one where they... Where... Mm-hmm. Well, what's the one where they have, like, the... So they have the Digi devices. What's the one where they're, like, the Digi devices and the eggs? Is that still part of the original run, or is that second season? Oh, no. The Digimon and... With the, oh yeah, no, yeah, that second season where like they use the 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 egg and then they like armor digivolve, I believe what it's called. Yeah, the armor digivolution. This is augmented, even though I yeah. love and adore it. Yeah, the third season is the one where it's the real world and they use Digimon playing cards to like summon the Digimon and use moves and stuff. All right, so Yu-Gi-Oh! How dark does that get? The fact that it all springs from the fact that somebody kidnaps Yu-Gi-Oh!'s grandfather. Okay, so the fun fact is, no, the fun thing I love about Yu-Gi-Oh is it's dark already, but the American version is heavily censored from the even darker material. Really? Like what I saw as a child was edited. You want to know know a fun fact? Yeah, that's what we're here for, dude. Around. You just die. Like in the original, you know, like you know how, like in the, uh, you know, in our version, it's just like you get banished to the shadow realm. No, in the Japanese, it's like you die. It's like you lose this, you die. We're not banishing you to a realm. We are killing you. Like, okay, you remember the episode where Yugi and Kaiba? This is like Dual City, where they're on top of a building and there's bombs underneath the glass that they're dueling on. And when the bombs explode, you fall into the shadow realm. No, they just explode and you regular fall and die. You regular fall. <laughs> Or, or like the one where like there's like a magic buzzsaw that sends you to the shadow realm when you get battling the guy with the dark magicians, like the dark magician versus the like no, it's a regular saw and it will just cut off your legs and kill you. Like so so all that shadow realm nonsense is literally no. Like like you go back and like, look, I have this gun, and if I shoot you with it, you get sent to no. You just get shot with a gun. That brings up every Shadow Realm meme as more funny to me now. I'm about to send you a Shadow Realm fool. Um, okay, so there's a... a um, this is not a politically correct anime to bring up, and I can't remember the name to it, but it's an anime where they chase ghosts and things like that, and the American voice dubbed version of it they just threw caution in the wind. Not, not even caution in the wind. They just stopped giving a shit and saying the most offensive things ever. I can't remember the name to it, but do you know what I'm talking about at all? Uh, so it's an anime where you catch ghosts? Uh, no, it has to do with ghosts. Um, I try not to Google while talking because it's bad for the listener, but anime... Uh, uh, because it's bad for the listener and this is super enjoyable for him. Ghost stories, that's what it's called. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's literally called Ghost Stories. Um, everything they dub is super offensive, for the record. But if you watch a um, like a YouTube clip of it, like it's still funny. Um, there's just parts of it that are super not dated well, and even at the time, it's borderline not okay. 
Um, it's on par. Let, let's say this without saying this. Did you see the recent stuff that the voice actor of Goku got in trouble for? Or like the voice yes. actors? It's on par with yeah. that, except they gotcha. aired it that way. They literally put it was that out in the world. <laughs> yes, they they literally was like, these are the dubs we're keeping. And it's, so again, parts of it are still funny. With actually being funny, and other parts of it are just like, no, like, don't say that messed up stuff. So, yeah, that's what yeah. made me think of as far as, like, uh, changing things over and censoring and things like that is sometimes American dubs just don't care. They'll make it better. They'll make it worse. They'll just do whatever they're going to do with it. Oh, man, good, good, good stuff. You know you know, with cartoons in general, whether they came from here or there, it's always interesting to watch something old school and be like, ha, 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 oh, my God, how did y'all get away with that? Like, you like, in today's culture and climate, you're like, it. that would never, like, oh, wow, we, we didn't care in the late 90s, early 2000s. Whoa. Yeah. And, like, at the time, it was perfectly innocent and nothing wrong, and now you're like, whoa, whoa this came out today? Twitter would be on yeah. fire. There's... Not defend. I'll not, I, should ne- I will not and should never use the word defend. But there's some things I understand as far as like the time and date and things like that. Um, there's uh, – and other things that – like intent. Um, I forget if you said this on air or off air, but intent is super important. Super yeah. important. And this is more of a side note because I'm a big fan of stand-up comedy. I um, – do defend the fact that if somebody is making a joke in stand-up comedy, I got to word this very carefully because not I only to, I, I, don't, I don't like, I don't mean I don't give a shit if I offend anybody in the sense that like I don't care if people are upset, but like I'm going to be very transparent with like my beliefs and stand by them. So like, mm-hmm. if I do upset anybody, please just come talk to me about it and we'll figure it out together. I genuinely mean that, but. I do defend a comedian's right to have the intent or the joke be the twist or the smartness or the art of taking something and turning it from uh, funny to like, or making it funny just because you didn't expect it. Not shock humor, but like creative humor where it's just like that false narrative and then you find the punchline. Um, Obviously if you're just offending people to offend people, fuck you, you suck. Um, but with all that said, um, and I'm not even going to say the word on the episode now um, because it's taking me probably a year or two to stop saying it. But the R word, which more recently until maybe let's say five years ago, like people just said, I grew up on my friends saying it and then it just it hits different now. As one of my best friends said, like when they hear it now, it's just no longer funny. It hits different. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I got you. I know okay. what you're talking about. Well, no, I just meant like, everything that i said not that that specific word no i feel you like yo even outside of comedy i feel like a lot of people don't do this is um i feel like you always have to check with the intent of the person who made the source you know it's kind of like it's like it's like okay it's like it's like me if i paint a bird but then everyone just says it's a you know, a dog and other people says dog and then people start perpetuating this a dog and let's just say you know for a second it being a dog makes them mad, but I'm like, it was never meant to be a dog. It's yeah. a bird. 
I get people think it's a dog, and you know, and I get that how it, it could be looked at as a dog, but I, the creator, wanted it to be a bird. And I think some people forget to look at what was the creator's original intentions. Because I get or what it is. Not, get, yeah. Huh? Or even ask. Like, some people forget to even ask, like, hey, what do you mean by this? And they're like, oh, this, this, this. And it's like, you can literally do that and then say, oh, okay, I took it the wrong way. And the creator yes. of this art can say, oh, I apologize if most people are taking it that way. But until that question happens, then, like, all you're doing is making things, I wouldn't say worse, but, like, you could make things better by saying, what did you mean by this? You know what I mean? Yeah, and you saw the right disagree. You could be like, oh, you meant it to be a bird. Well, it being a bird still offends me. And then, you know, we can have a discussion then. But then it goes from me defending something that you're not even properly identifying to me actually defending something that we both agree. Not that it is a bird. We can actually have the conversation. Because if we're trying to have the argument while you're still thinking it's a dog, then, you know, we can't get anywhere. Because we haven't even agreed on what the thing is to begin with, you know. I don't. We we got lost in the weeds with this, which is okay with me, uh, because yeah. that like that whole like I'm a big fan of stand up comedy, um, and it's something now where like uh, I don't like saying PC culture and I don't like saying SJW, but like both of those are terms. Like social just warriors to a degree should exist, and political cultural. Political culture should exist. My original point, though, is like one of the podcasts I like listen to on and off. Like the guy goes through. Why did we go on the subject? We'll get back to that in a second. The guy goes on this whole um, diatribe about how he legitimately didn't know the R word was becoming this thing people couldn't say because he always saw it as some as like the insult people use it as. He never saw it as like if you use it as that, then you're saying like, hey, you should be smart, but you're not. So the reason we shouldn't use it is because it's comparing it to somebody who's mentally challenged, and that's what it means. And to hear this person go through a whole, like, literal watching in live action as him saying, like, oh, I never saw it that way. I was just use it as, hey, come on, you're smart, man. Why are you doing this? And him not knowing it's yeah. related at all to mentally challenged people. I'm just like. Really? No, that was the word actual meanie. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the, it's. I forgot. We had, I forgot forget how we got on the subject but to me that was just in a way funny but funny in the sense of just like oh he's being honest right now he legitimately did not know and people were like correcting him which is important is correcting somebody and seeing how they take it and i think he took it as well i guess i'm not saying that anymore because i yeah. thought of it completely differently yeah, and see, and see, if he never knew that, then he could never have a proper discussion about it because he's think he, he since he had no idea of the intent, its source. Then anytime he had an argument on it, he wasn't really having an argument on it because both parties didn't even agree what it meant, and that's why I feel like a lot of people failed to understand. You know what I'm saying? Again, yeah. like with my dog bird analogy, if I'm arguing about a bird and you're arguing about a dog, then we're not then no, zero progress is being made on both ends. Yeah. Yeah, once again, I forget how we got on this original subject, but I'll yeah. keep it in. And when I listen back, I'll be like, hey, we're smart people. We do smart things. Um, yeah. Do you have any other like thoughts on Pokemon you'd like to share? Like, I genuinely bring people and get – I bring guests on. I bring yourself on, Odell, to talk to me about something you're passionate about. I We went through weird rants, but like, you can tell me more yeah. about Pokemon if you'd like. Do you have any other lasting thoughts about Pokemon? 
Uh, I mean, I I mean this literally again, not to sound cliche, but I wouldn't be the person I am today without Pokemon. Like, I won't go oh. as far as say what would I would I still be breathing? But no, like I I definitely, and I mean by a huge margin, I don't think I would be the person I am today without that game series. This is a good segue slash not plug, but like something I try to do in episodes. So in old episodes, I used to ask somebody their definition of a nerd. And then I realized everybody I'm inviting on has the same definition. I mean, it's somebody who's super passionate about something, somebody who knows about this niche detail. It doesn't matter if it's sports stats or monster manual D&D stats. Like they just, they know about it and that's cool. It's what makes them them. So I decided a few episodes ago to switch that question up. What in your nerdum for you, Pokemon, but it can be anything. You don't have to focus on Pokemon. But have you taken away as a life lesson, more of a philosophy, something super heady where you're just like, I live this way because of blank from nerd culture? Um, One thing I learned about nerd culture is that, you know, you have to own the things you love. You can't be embarrassed about them. You can't try to hide them because... And, and and what I mean by that is like not not something like oh we're all nerds but there's nothing wrong with genuinely just loving something all without with your whole heart you know something pure you know not not like you know I love kidnapping people like no you know you know with oh. within reason and oh, because I'm put you on the spot right now like a live like it? recording I'm not gonna edit this I'm gonna put you in the spot have you listened to one of my episodes before no I have not it's fine. Uh, when you listen back to this episode, I'm going to end it. I'm going to say it twice. I end the episodes with saying uh, you have to like what you love. And I, I, huh. I don't want to speak for you, but that is the most concise way of putting what I think you're talking about. Is like you have to like what you love. If you love something, then you have to be up on front street about it. Is that what you're yeah. saying? Or Yeah, yeah because uh, the, the title saying with Pokemon is it's because people – I remember um, – so when I had my internship in Game Informer, like I uh, I never went through that weird middle school, high school phase where I pretended not to like Pokemon or certain things. I have plenty of friends who love Pokemon who had to be like, bro, we don't talk about Pokemon at, at school. You know, that's like a Dude, at school. Shut up about Charizard. Know. Char- hey, hey, shut up about Charizard. Yeah. Don't talk about that here. Kids, you not like dancers. People I genuinely love to this day. You were like that. And, you know, I get it. I, I wasn't going to you know break their balls at school or nothing. But I remember during my internship, it was 2012, a game performing in Minneapolis. And, you know, I've, I've always worn Pokemon apparel and things even before it was, quote unquote, accepted or cool. And I this this moment, I always there was a Chinese local Chinese restaurant that wasn't far from where I was staying. And I would always get go there and get the house special fried rice because it was good. It was just to this day, some of the best fried rice I ever had. And they, and then you can get levels of spiciness anyway. Like I became a regular there. Like I probably went there at least once a week, especially when it got cold. It was just real comfort food for me. And like, I would come in and she would ask me, you know, how special. And I'm like, you know, at this point, I don't think I could get anything else from here. And I had a Pikachu hoodie on that I would wear when it was a uh, warm enough in, in Minnesota to, to have a, a, a light hoodie on. And she'd be like, like, Oh, Pikachu. No, nah, it was gray, actually. It was gray, okay. and it just had, like, an outline of Pikachu on it. Like, when you zipped it together, you could see the picture, but, you know, if it's unzipped, you really can't see it type mm-hmm. of thing. I got you. And she was like, oh, she was like, oh, she was like, oh, Pikachu, he's back in style. And I remember telling her, I was like, well, I guess. I was like, it never went out of style for me. <laughs> and, like, I just remember that defining moment because a few years later, you know, we'll have, like, Pokemon Go and stuff. And what I realized was, like, 
like, you know, Pokemon cards are popular again, you know, things go in cycles. But Pokemon Go taught me a real thing. A lot of people truly never stopped loving Pokemon or never came to fruition that they loved it. But we entered a culture where it was kind of okay to, like, it was the cool thing, but it was widely accepted to be, like, you love Pokemon because we all do. And I think that was freeing for a lot of people to be, like, I can love this out loud and it not be an issue. You know, uh, and dude, the same thing like see you and stuff. And I really think it is so free. And people should never at any point in their life feel like they can't love a thing. Because, yeah, I love Pokemon through the hard years and when it wasn't cool. But now I still love Pokemon. And, you know, people think I'm, like, the coolest thing ever. But I'm like, I truly never changed, you know. Yeah, I... This is my own self-indulgence, but something I'm super proud of, if you ask some of my best friends who knew me back in seventh grade, I really haven't changed since then. And that's something that like I carry like a flag of like pride for. It's just like <laughs> I am basically not like I've obviously I've had evolutions, huh? Pokemon joke. And I've grown <laughs> since then, but like I I've never changed my morals, I've never changed the way I present myself, anything like that. Besides just, you know, growing in my own skin and become more comfortable in my own skin. And I mean, I think that's great to see in people. Those are my, some of my favorite kinds of people are like that, like yourself, where it's just like, hey, I, I'm not going to like try to change who I am or anything like that to try to bend to society or try to like appear to anybody else a different way. Like this is just who I am and I'm pretty concrete. And okay. So I know. A, I don't just mean like admitting what you're into, but B, just knowing who you are at like an earlier yeah. age. Like you mentioned earlier, like there's an old soul aspect that I love to find in like-minded people. And there's just like too grown for yourself kind of mentality. That was a rant. Oh, you know, <laughs> you know, I can put that. And I, you know, like I said, I love people like you who are just like – you know, and, and again, I like I use the word free because I think how many people had to wait to be an adult to like because I'm like as a kid, that should be the easiest time in your life to just love something, quote unquote, silly or, you know, whimsical. Yeah. So, you know, it it, it it pains me to say that, you know, people think they had to, you know, legit high. And, you know, it's it's, you know, like love yourself, you know, and, you know, like, you know, you have people like in the LGB community who have to hide themselves for, you know, persecution reasons. And I'm like. You know, you should definitely, you know, live out loud like that too. But like, it's not some like you're 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 hiding part of yourself that literally probably won't get you killed. Where some people have to for one reason or another. And I'm like, you know, it, it sounds me we live in such a society that even something as simple as I like cartoons is something you have to hide from the world until you know you reach a maturity age level where you just it it it, it it's silly to me in a way, for lack of a better word. Uh, what was it? Uh, I saw some stupid meme or something recently that said, uh, and it stuck with me too because I am like a writer, philosophical, philosophical person at heart who loves all these analogies and metaphors and bullshit like that. But like somebody said recently, and it was a joke, but I took it as like sounding super sophisticated. Said I turned all my fucks into paper airplanes and threw that shit away. <laughs> But, That's pretty um, good. Yeah, so like uh my my little brother for instance is gay and he never came out until a couple years ago so like he's in his mid-20s and i know he like got into drugs to try to cover up some of that shit 
and got into like bad habits due to just hiding himself for so long. It doesn't like you said, it doesn't like that's more serious side of things, like as far as like persecution goes. But like uh, people should just be in, in general across the board, like trying to learn to be okay with who they are and they need support and blah, blah. And like, I don't know, dude, just like what you love and, uh, you know, be okay with that. Even if it's Pokemon or Digimon, which is obviously the better thing, which we both agree on. Only in the anime sense. <laughs> you agree the anime is better and that's important. Um, yeah. The, and, and then, and then, but kind of similar, I only compare the first seasons because like Pokemon, the subsequent seasons of Digimon, some of them are bad, some of them are passable. But Season Leomon, four of Digimon right? is really great. Huh? Leomon? Leomon's cool. Le- Leomon's not OG. You know. That's my favorite Pokemon. Or, Jesus, I did it again. <laughs> oh, Lord, save me from this. Leomon is my favorite Digimon. Anyways. I think at the time for me, Digimon was the, as, as a child, you know, taking in child medium but now i understand digimon's an anime so i understand why the narrative was a lot better than you know what you would consider children's shows but that was probably mm-hmm. the deepest and, to, and what i still consider was that one of the best narratives i experienced it but experiencing that narrative as a child sacrifice you know leaving home and just all the threads they touch on and stuff like i remember watching wizardmon die and being like messed up for the rest of the day like not like in a bad way but like i was like 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 I never experienced that level of storytelling yet in my life and experiencing it in this, you know, quote unquote kids show. And it was so deep in layers. I was just like, Oh my goodness. Like, do you remember the, the do you remember the uh, villains that were like the puppet Digimon? Oh yeah. Puppet Mon. Like one of the, oh, one of the God. dark masters, that right? Simple. Dark masters yeah, is what I was thinking of. It was, it was a mega Seedramon. Puppetmon, Piedmon, and Machinedramon. Uh, the design of Piedmon is so to this day, like such a good design and like set up. But, but he, Puppetmon was Puppetmon. I, I know. <laughs> he was still a good, good like I, I still liked it a lot. It was just I cannot believe that his name is Puppetmon. Uh, speaking of like uh, this is a created segue. Um so, my wife currently uh, refers to everything as a PlayStation. The generation before her referred to everything as Xboxes. The generation before that, my mom referred to everything as a Nintendo console, despite what it was. My mom also referred to all Pokemon as Pokemans. Did you, uh, you met your mom uh, a couple of times? Yeah, would that have crushed you as well? Is there anything that your mom referred to as just like, that's not what it is, mom. You're wrong. (laughs) So one of my my pet peeves is people calling Pokemon Pokemon because there's nothing, like you, the theme song, like you know, you literally hear no one say Pokemon. Like, like, it's like monsters. Right? Yeah. So, so my thing is like, where are y'all getting the man from? And then it's like, you like Pokemon? I'm like, yes, I like Pokemon. Also, Pokemon, yes, Pokemon, like, I'm like, where's the disconnect here? I digress. But, uh, so, my mom is, um, famous for just not knowing things. But she doesn't, she, like, when she does it, like, it's frustrating to me because, like, you should know this. 
So she doesn't call things out randomly. She just like doesn't know. She's just like in a confusion, like, oh yeah, that's a a, a gaming device. It's the uh and then you know, like just kind of gives up mid-stride type of person. <laughs> but the one time she knocked it out of the park, just just effortlessly talking grand slam home run wrong. She was bragging to somebody about my internship at Game Informer. IGN? <laughs> no, it's even better than that. So she, so she says, my son got a position as editor-in-chief at Time Magazine. Just, just, <laughs> just took a term that was associated with like writing and magazines and just said the only magazine I guess she could remember. Like, I was like, Mom, that's like a million-dollar job. <laughs> Dude, I... Not, uh, I'm not the editor-in-chief at Time Magazine. I am an unpaid intern at Game Informer Magazine, a magazine about gaming, you know, the thing that I like to do. <laughs> and I'm like... Yeah, like- Oh, man. I'd love to meet your mom <laughs> no, one day. I not know anything at all, because they were just like, oh, that's cool. I would have been like, who is your son? <laughs> like, Oh, dude, that's... Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... Yeah, so she... So the one time she did get it wrong, she, she knocked it out of the park. I... I will say... Okay, so... All right, so something you mentioned earlier in this episode is uh, when you're talking about things that you've been up to recently, you mentioned that, like, um, just trying to get your name out there. First of all, I'd like to sincerely, uh, no pun intended, thank you for taking the time out of your night to be on my lowly podcast that is just, I literally do for fun. Um, I do want to never take the guest time as like a, not as like a waste, but like, I never want to waste the guest time. I take it. I take it seriously in that aspect. I don't expect to go anywhere, but like I do appreciate you taking your time out of furthering yourself in the industry to just hang out with me because I consider myself low tier. Um, with that said, uh, what are you excited for other than getting your name out there further into the industry? Uh, so, so of course I'm excited for the Gen Four remakes with a uh, brilliant diamond, dazzling pearl. I'm gonna switch the the pre-name for that, so I'm really excited for that game. I I mean, it's not gonna be like my game of year or nothing, but it's gonna be like, yeah, you know, new Pokemon. I, I can't help but get excited for. I I was gonna say Metroid Dread, but that's already out, so wham wham. You're excited to beat Metroid Dread. <laughs> yes, there we there we go. I'm excited to beat Metroid Dread. And um I guess the future, just you know, the, the big name games that are coming out, like you know. God of War, Ragnarok. I'm really looking forward to that. Is I'm this really still slated for this year or did it get pushed to next year? Uh, it, got, it got pushed, I think, I believe. Don't quote me on this. I believe we're looking at Q1 next year is, I believe, what it was delayed to. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, so I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, Pokemon um, Legends of Arceus, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to, but not the game, but just what it could do. You know, I'm I'm, I'm really looking forward to for see ninth generation. Yeah, what it presents for ninth generation because at the end of the day, I know it's going to be even if it's really good, it's still a spinoff game. So you, so you, so you know, and I know 
don't fall in love. Like, if I fall in love with it, don't fall in love with it too much because it could easily be like something we never see again. Or what but else? I'm I'm looking forward to as what it could possibly mean for the ninth generation. Yeah, that's fair. And uh, that's honestly the closest games that like I'm really excited for that that we that we that we for sure know are happening. And then oh, we're getting, oh we're getting the, we're getting the, the GTA remaster remaster trilogy. So I'm looking forward to that because. Where was the announcement of that at? Because it's been rumored for forever, but earlier today because I saw that they officially announced. It was yesterday morning, out of the blue. Like it, it like they just dropped it in a tweet yesterday morning, I believe. Is it, it a was trailer for or Saturday morning? Was it a no, trailer or are they just it like there's a trailer? There was? Okay. It doesn't have any gameplay footage, it's just like like words and images and stuff. I've never really it, been big into GTA, announced. but that's probably that'll probably be my my jumping on point is trying that remaster. Excuse me. Um, yeah, I'm excited. It's similar to Saints Row. Yeah, like I I played three, like everybody, like I never played it, played it because my mom wouldn't let me play it. You know, right choice. I was too young at the time. <laughs> so I, I'm I'm curious to replay three, and from the standpoint of this is what started like a whole legacy and genre almost and so i, w- I want to see how that stands up what what three what three was really like in its heyday or close to you know i know it's going to be remastered and play better but you know I'm, i I just want to revisit that piece of gaming history that i never truly got to live yeah, through that's uh completely different games so that's how i feel about the crash bandicoot like uh remasters as uh, i played some of the crashes as a kid but i never really got to experience it so um, I'm happy to try that. Um, I feel like there's. Uh, I'm trying to think of what's on the horizon. Like I, I mentioned to you, um, I don't know if we're already recording or not, but like Disco Elysium, I'm really excited to finally play that um, and get that. Like it's already downloaded on my Switch. As soon as my Switch lets me access it, um, Back for Blood, I'm excited to try. Um, and then. Uh, Really, I don't know what else is on the horizon. Like, I know there's like games out there, but there's nothing that. Oh, Elden Rings and the um, Final Fantasy Origins demo. So um, it's more of a side note to kind of put out there and float out there. But like two years ago, it was what I quote unquote call the Final Fantasy year for me, where I played like I think it's six Final Fantasy games um, and beat them. And then this year has been what I call the. Uh, you mentioned earlier, people forget often that pokemon very much is a, a js jrpg like it's, yeah. it's a jrpg it just never gets correlated that way well this yeah. year is what i refer to as a js jrpg year i started off with beginning and beating all of uh, persona 5 um royal um Ooh. then i started playing um yakuza like a dragon and i never beat it but i didn't fall off of it due to its quality or anything like that I actually switched over when it appeared on PSN to um, Near Automata, which has been an amazing game. And then you know that's supposed to play. Huh? Oh. Near Automata is still on my list of things to play. That pe- I, 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 it's high up there, and I still have yet to do it. One of my, um, I think I mentioned in the episode, but twenty years of friendship. One of my best friends um, did an episode with me on it after he beat it. There's things spoiled in that episode, but Odell and everybody else listening, go listen to that episode. He talks about it. It's amazing. He filled that 
void in my heart of never actually beating it, and I don't know if I will, it's a game that you should play and beat all three playthroughs. I mean, it's just mm. an amazing uh, alchemy of different genres and styles and very manga at times, but like it goes from twin stick shooter to hack and slash to like Gundam robot fighting. It's just, it's amazing. Anyway. So after that, I started the tales of Arise series. Um, and I'll probably beat that before the years up. So, uh, my whole point of saying all that, and I kind of got lost in the weeds is <laughs> next year. I very much intend to be the souls of year souls like year. Mm where I, uh, I'll i probably grab Elden Rings. I don't know if I'll beat it or not. And then I'll definitely grab that Final Fantasy uh, Origin Stranger of Paradise game. Um, I knew that it was from Team Ninja who had done uh, the uh, Neo series. What I did not know until today is that the, one of the producers or head creators of Bloodborne jumped over and joined that team. Oh. So that even deepens the Souls-like genre of it. Um, so I intend to try Sekiro next year, Elden Rings. I'm excited to just have a Souls like near year next year. Do you ever group your games like that, where I'm going to play this style of games for the whole year? No, but that that sounds actually extremely interesting. Like you know, of course, you know, I'm not pretty sure I would deviate to like, but being like, hey, I'm going to go through my backlog and focus on this genre. Sounds like an actual yeah. extremely good way to do things. I, I may have to you know take that from you. That's cool. That I, I'm not gonna say I've always had good ideas, but I have them occasionally. Um, is there anything else, Adele, you would like to share with the listener today? Uh, um, I I don't know. You know, be a good person. That feels like you know the generic good thing to say sometimes. But no, just um, you know, you know what? I I got it. So I always tell people, so I've been trying to, you know, break through in the gaming industry professionally for, you know, well over a decade now. And, you know, unfortunately, it's yet to happen for me. But, you know, I have got to I have got to do things that even people who've been an industry vet have done. Like, you know, I've attended TGS, uh, San Diego Comic-Con and other things, members of the press. And just, and, you know, I'm trying to learn this myself. But, you know, you really can't put a time limit on yourself. I mean, I'm not going to lie. As someone who's lived through it, because I feel like it's different hearing hearing someone as, as someone who's currently walking through it, and I'm over 30 at this point, that, you know, some things happen for different people and that time is different. You know, we heard it at different times, but I will be the first one to tell you it does suck and it does get disheartening. But I feel like if you're genuinely into it, you can come in a place that even though it hasn't happened yet, I've walked places and done things on my journey, like I said, that seasoned vets hasn't even done so all I can say is really keep at it and put your best foot forward. And, you know, and I, you know, God forbid I never make it, but at least I'll have some great memories of things that few people get to do on this planet. And that, you know, that, you know, it, it, it's hard some days, I'm not going to lie, waking up and trying to, you know, still trying to be like, hey, I'm Odell. This is what I've done. Please let me write this article for your site. You know, I'm still very much on the same level as someone who has zero experience trying to get my pitches out there, believe me. And I know it can suck, but all I can tell you is really just, you know, as someone who's currently going through it, you just got to keep at it. And, you know, it's going to suck when, you know, the person who was six months out of college gets an industry job. But, you know, you know, all I can say is I've seen people come and go, but I'm still here. 
I you can plug it yourself, but your uh, website I visited um, shortly before shooting you the first email asking you to be on. Dude, your website makes it look like you made it. You looking fancy as fuck in some of those photos. <laughs> no, not at all. I'm, I'm still a guy with a nine to five, still shooting emails into You're the void. That Tom and Jerry t-shirt. <laughs> huh? <laughs> yes, I'm still Tom wearing a Tom and Jerry t-shirt. You know, uh, what, I, what is that website though? Uh, Junior.com. I again, just branding. I make it simple. No, nothing clever here. Just my name. And you were at Odell um, Harmon Jr. Harmon Jr. Yeah. Um, although you changed your Twitter name to for Spooky Season, what was that changed to for Spooky Season? It, it's currently. Uh, oh crap! I don't even know. <laughs> it doesn't change the link though, but yeah, I did think it was funny. Um, oh, it's, oh, well, Horror Jr. Well, like a banshee. <laughs> <laughs> and your uh, podcast, Full Circle podcast yes full circle podcast just you know search for that on whatever you get your podcast um and i thank you very much for being on odell i am um eric smith uh you can follow me at on twitter at sincerely underscore eric um you can follow the podcast at calm down nerd p uh p for podcast um I do have a Gmail. I'm going to throw it out there every time. You know, I don't think anybody's ever going to use it. Calm down, nerd podcast at gmail.com. Uh, that is that, that, that is a thing. People use Gmail. Um, that is actually how like Odell, that is how I got in touch with you. And um, it was it, like, how often do you use your Gmail? Do you communicate mostly through that? Oh, I mean, um, you can hit me up in my DMs. You can use my oh, no, Gmail. No, I mean, I'm not gonna throw out your Gmail or anything like that. I just meant uh, like, as far as like um, a thirty thousand foot view, like, do you communicate through people through DM, uh, email mostly, or anything like that? Like, it's more of a psycho, not psychological, philosophical question than it is like a where people can find you question. I'm not going to put you on blast like that. <laughs> okay. Oh no. Uh, my, well, mostly because I'm, I'm rarely ever the person getting sought out. I'm seeking other people. It's where, wherever you'll meet me. Some people respond to Twitter DM. Some people are more, you know, they like it old school and want to email for the first time ever. I finally connected to someone on LinkedIn for the first literal first time ever. So I'm like, if you, if you personally want to get in touch with me, you can go to the website. You can email me. You can DM me on Twitter. My DMs are open. You can find me on LinkedIn. If you somehow got my phone number, dear God, you better be someone important. <laughs> you know, you can text me. It's okay. I mean, I have my uncle at Nintendo, and he said that they're going to do really great in quarter three of next year. <laughs> my uncle at Nintendo, that's what he said. Um, yeah. Anyways, uh, anybody listening right now, thank you for listening. Um, as I mentioned earlier in the episode, as the Odell mentioned, I do think people have to like what they love, and I love to hear about it. Uh, so thank you, Liz, for listening. Until next time, bye.